What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 20 of Beyond the Smokestacks. I'm joined by my co-host, Christian. What's up, Christian? Uh, it's feeling a little lonely here right now. <laughs> I'm the only co-host today. And our other co-host, Davi. What's good? Just kidding. He's not here. <laughs> but we are joined by our most prominent and special guest, Jonathan Sanchez. Well, I don't, I don't know about that most prominent part, but thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. You're, you're everyone knows you're, you're, you've reached the cult status where you're, it's just Sanchez. It's just one name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've noticed that. Like, and he's, uh, and he's NYCFC royalty too, because I've got like, uh, I've got like the notorious shirt. So, like, oh yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Th- th- these, um, the one name thing is weird because. Like, uh, I was dating someone who met me, uh, well, I'm dating someone now who met me through NYCFC, and she met me by my last name first. <laughs> so, so I get that from everybody. Like, they, I just get called by my last name. Yeah. Yeah, she was just like, hey, what's up, Sanchez? How you doing? You've re- yeah, in public, yes, in public, yes. Is, is, is it cooler if a woman just, like, shouts you out, like, just by your last name, like, like the first time she meets you in person. That sounds, like, very, like, intimate, like, right off the bat, like, just last name, like, straight up. It's, it is. It does feel a little intimate. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a little weird. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it took me a while to get used to it because it's oddly enough, like, I was called by my last name throughout most of my life, like, high school, after high school, like, it was always by my last name in yeah, high see, school, a, in, in school, at least. I, I have a basic bitch last name, like Smith. So it's just like, like, like you can't call me Smith. I, because I, the occasional Smitty would come through, like, like during like, like while I was playing baseball, like on baseball teams. But like for the most part, I mean, like it's like Smith. It's like which one? You know, there's usually you like got, you got the generic, uh, gener- generic white male name, which is crazy because my S- my my fucking background is anything but fucking like generic white guy like i'm half dominican and i'm half sicilian but like because my sicilian my dad's side of the family sicilian and when they came over in like early 20th century that like they got anglicized as fuck so like 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 whatever like that last name was it was just completely like eradicated by the time i was Mm. finally born and like yeah so and my mom's made a name as riaves so but i didn't get to keep that one my name my my legal name is technically christian smith christian riaves smith because i have like my parents aren't together but it i was christian smith for half my life so i just kept it pretty much i was just like i ain't changing that shit you have the last name that you see on like the credit card commercials where it's just like a, the basic ass last name like john smith yeah it's like the social security <laughs> card like social security number one two three four five six seven eight nine exactly. yeah. yeah 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 all right sanchez let's get into the rapid fire What's questions up? favorite do it. current nycfc player oof I don't. Re- I it's. I knew this was coming, and I was just like, I've been thinking about it all week. Like, who is my favorite player right now? Like, I have no attachment, but I think it's a toss up right now between Chano for longevity and James Sands, because I feel like James Sands has the potential of becoming a club legend, like a long term club legend, if he decides to stay here long long term. James Sands has been getting a lot of burn recently, like like ever since like he came back, like favorite current NYCFC player. Like that's it's hard to argue with that one too, because ever since he came in, they're a better team. And and it's hard and it's hard for me to answer that because this is the first roster and and forever for me at least personally that I don't have any like personal connections with players. Like like people may or may not know. Like I there was there was a lot of players that I would talk to outside of the games. You know, like like. 
like I had David's via cell phone number for Christ's sake, you know, like we <laughs> we would we talked, we texted like while he was playing and it was just like this is the first gener this is like the first team that I don't have like all the players I was very cool with on that level are not are no longer on the team, so I just haven't tried to build new relationships in a way also. Yeah, I, f I feel that because like when I was uh, like a few years ago, I was obviously like managing editor of like Hudson River Blue. I did that for like quite a few years. So I got like I, I developed like a pretty good rapport with like a lot of players. Um, like one of my favorite players to talk to in the world is Chanel. I love Maxime. He's a great guy. Um, always like starts a, except for the COVID game, like uh, March 11, 2020. Like he always starts like a conversation, like always ends it with a handshake. He's always like a nice dude, always giving me respect. And uh Believe it or not, I liked Gary when he was here. Gary Mackay Steven. He, he didn't mm. show up too much in the pitch, but I, I, I love that kid. Probably because our birthdays, I think, were like two days apart. And we had a conversation about mm. that. So that was a lot of fun. But yeah, no, like this team is like, like I don't know like any of these new guys. But, but that's mostly because like, you know, I left HRB in like 2021. And, you know, by that point, you know, the like since then, like the roster is like turned over massively. And like I couldn't like I, I couldn't pick half of them out of a lineup, you know. Well, I have most of the relationship with a lot of the Spanish players. Yeah. And since the all the Spanish players that were here for a long time all left, and all the new Spanish guys are are new, I haven't. There was no one to bridge that gap to introduce me to them. Yeah. So that's that's probably a thing of the past for now. Well, we're, until we, next time, at least we got these new, we, we got this new wave of of uh, Spanish players coming in. Um, yeah. So let's, let's see what happens. Some on loan, let's some per, some on permanent deals. And Sanchez is a great guy too, so like it's gonna be like, yeah, he's easy to get along with. Like, like so, like I, I can picture him like forming like new relationships with these new players. Yeah, I gotta, sh I gotta, I gotta snooze my schnur my way in. <laughs> you're you're usually one of the guys. I mean, I've I've seen you there a few times, posted up outside of when the players are leaving and stuff, and just yeah. I actually haven't, I actually haven't done that this year yet. For some reason. I haven't had it in me. Like I haven't, I haven't been able to. Like you know, I'm gonna go wait for the players. It's just it, I haven't had that in me right now. It's the weather. Maybe at City Field. It's the weather. <laughs> it probably has something to do with the weather. <laughs> that that that's a that's a 75 plus degree type thing to go do is to go hang out after the yeah. game. Yeah. Uh, second question: favorite all time NYCFC player? Oh, that's e that's almost easy, but it, it will be it would be a probably. Tati Castellanos. I have his jersey right here. That's the uh, the game worn uh, jersey when he won the Golden Boot. He wore he he wore that the first half. Yeah. So so Joe is a kit collector, and I can see waves of envy creeping into his eyes right now because that that's that's got to be like high value merchandise right there. Those are all. The, all the NYCFC ones are all uh, match worn, uh, signed by the players. All of them, each and every one. I have, oh, uh, jeez, I have a couple Maxi Morales. I have uh, David Villa. Yeah. From when we bought, when we beat, oh, not when we beat the Rebels, when we tied Rebels one one with a man down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there was two men down. Remember, Ebenezer Ofori got sent off too. Not Jazama got. Oh right, yes, yeah. I have that jersey. I have that jersey from that game. So uh, I, I have. See, I see one with the scudetto patch on the sleeve right there too. That is the um, which one? Uh, scudetto. I have a uh, Manchester United jersey back there for Antonio Valencia. I have a, a that's not game worn. Do you, I have an Andrea Pirlo Euros twenty fifteen qualifier match worn jersey? 
Like one of his last national team appearances, like official national team appearances, jerseys, I have that signed also. Dude, that's a fucking sick memorabilia right there. Like yeah. that's insane. Like that's like an I, NYCFC treasure trove right there. It's actually it's actually crazy because I have like uh, you know those big like Target con- or like Walmart bins that plastic bins. I have a few of those of just NYCFC merchandise memorabilia, like all me- collector stuff that I just have it stored away. This is just a little corner that I dedicated because I I took down. When I moved to this place, I had my last place. I had a whole giant portion of the apartment just hung up everything, and I just felt like it was a little too overwhelming, like <laughs> to to continue doing that. Yeah. Yeah, especially we're, we're eight seasons, eight seasons, eight nine seasons into this now. So I mean, you, you probably accumulated yeah. a lot of stuff. <laughs> and that's and that's uh, the newspaper article from the Jersey unveiling at uh, Terminal Five in November thirteenth, twenty fourteen. Yeah. I came out on the newspaper the next day with uh, David Villa, like have the dude, clipping. Dude, dude, you know? I, I I can relate to Sanchez so hard because so like I moved into my apartment in June of last year, and I have nothing up on my walls. The only two things I have up on my walls is a picture of Sirius Black from fucking Harry Potter and that uh, NYCFC fleece blanket, the one that says "This is my city, this is my club," yeah. and that's the first thing that my girlfriend who when when she first came. To, Came, when she came to my place for the first time, she's Peruvian. She noticed that. She doesn't like football. She doesn't really enjoy football. I've been trying to bring her out to a game for a bit now. Uh, but she knows who Ale- Alexander Collins is because he's Peruvian. And he's mm-hmm. and he's and and Peruvians love that motherfucker. So like and and so she knew who he was. And like like so she like immediately like immediate conversation starter. She doesn't know shit about football, but she knows that name. So like that that was like but yeah, so I, I can feel him on that one. But just having like half your house, like 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 here's the thing: it's not half my house. But the thing is, it's the only, it's one of the only two things that are hanging up on my wall. So if that doesn't tell you what kind of person I am, that that that, yeah, I, there's still nothing up here. I gotta I gotta change that. Speaking of jerseys, I have a a a, a beef to pick up right now. Oh, well, <laughs> how? Not 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 even the why. I don't want to know why yet. I want to know how are you able to wear a jersey for from another team the reason i ask that is because i've in my whole life i'm 36 years old i've never in any sport i'm the jets fan yankee fan knicks fan i don't do hockey but i would pick the rangers just because obviously nycfc uh man united ac milan uh barcelona from ecuador like these are the only jerseys in my life that i've ever worn I have another jersey from another team that I don't root for has never touched my body. I own a few. Like, I've bought jerseys from, like, PSG when I went. But I've never worn it. It's in the closet. It's just there. But I've, I, I, I'm not capable. And I see Coach Joe not only wearing a, a, a team that's not his fan. Like, he's not a fan of his team. It's a, t- a jersey from a team in the same league that rivals, hypothetically, your favorite team. How are you wearing a Nashville jersey right now? Yeah, Joe, answer that. Why are you hat? So I, I have over 450 soccer jerseys. <laughs> I have a problem. I'm, I'm, I'm a, I, I collect kits. Um, so uh, my this season, I decided I'm like, I'm like, I want to collect, um, a, collect a kit from every every club in, in MLS. Not only club every club in MLS, but I want to collect a kit from every club that was ever in MLS. Meaning like mm-hmm. Miami, uh, Miami Fusion, uh, Chivas. Um, Tampa Bay Mutiny. Like I want, uh, so I was like, well, like I'm not ever gonna like wear them like out because I'm an NYCFC fan. So I was like, 
it'll like a reason to wear them would be like to wear them the week on the the week that uh we play against them so like i, well, I, I am the, wearing a nashville jersey right now the the jerseys you mentioned about the defunct teams i kind of understand those because those are like still a throwback and those are still like in, at this point some of those teams have been gone 20 years it, it's it's like um like a relic, an antiquity, you know? Yeah. So I understand those. And even kind of would accept you wearing those. But me personally, it just bothers It reminds me a little bit, um, I don't know, like four, five, six years ago, whenever it was. It was years ago when the Cooligans were starting to grow a little bit more nationally. And then they they I don't uh, they went to some town, some city, and they were wearing uh, the scarves, I believe, of the MLS club in that city. And I went in on them. I legit had a rivalry with them <laughs> to the point that we wouldn't talk like at all for a few years. And then we squashed the beef on, on, on that one CFC Ferrer podcast. I think it was February uh, 2020, 2021. We squashed the beef. We, we settled it. We, they came on the pod and we were like, all right, all good. But yeah, bro, I, I don't like that. <laughs> it's, it's just, so, it's just so, I, don't, I don't wear it out. I just wear it in my, yeah. in my office. So, so, when jo- so Joe and I first met each other, like, uh, like at Red Bull Arena, one of those home games last year. Uh, so, like, in person. We had known each other for, like, years, like, on Twitter, through the spaces and everything like that. Like, we had known each other forever. And when we finally decided to do the podcast, I remember the first week we ever did the podcast. Like, like, like he did an episode without us, like, because, like, shit just wasn't ready yet. And yeah, then, like, I listened to that one. Yeah, and so. then he did win. And then the next day, he doesn't like it. I, I thought I thought out of all of the, like, the podcasts he's ever done, it's the one where Joe seems the most reasonable. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's obviously trying to play devil's advocate with himself. He's trying to think, how can I portray this objectively without introducing my own bias into it too much? But like, but then as soon as like there was other people to like run off of, that's when... No, bro, but this is the, this is the thing. We're... Uh... Like you guys and uh, and NYCFC Forever podcast, we're like we are biased. We have we are oh, a specific yeah. we are a specific team podcast. So there's oh. no way I'm always gonna see everything through probably most likely a fandom point of view for my team only. Like like so that so oh. there is bias. There's natural bias there. Oh, like yeah, no, for sure. I'm not. I'm not. Listen, I, I I'll be the first one to say it. I am a fucking homer. I am NYCFC through and through. If you were to cut me open right now, I'm bleeding blue and orange. Like that's how it's coming out. Like 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 I, I don't fuck with nobody. Like like that. Like period. But uh, but the thing is, like the first week we ever like had co-hosts, like we did it through Discord. Well, well, I don't think we did it through Discord. I think we did it through Google Meet actually, yeah. like or something like that. And uh, and he was wearing nashville's kit because it was the week one matchup and i was just like what the fuck are you wearing like 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 before air i'm like like what the fuck is this i like i don't understand see because i'm, I'm kind of like you sanchez there ain't nothing except nycfc newcastle united and boca juniors touching this body that's it like like period like like they're and, mm-hmm. and like yankees jerseys i'm never gonna wear a mets jersey in my life i'm never gonna wear a giants or a jets jersey in my life because i'm a fucking steelers fan i'm never gonna like like that I, I, like I'm never wearing Rangers gear because I'm a Devils fan. Like 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 it, like the shit just shit ain't sweet for me, you know. Like the, the jersey is evoking the response that I want. It's to set the tone for the podcast. It's to get yeah, well, it's, it's to get your blood boiling, get you in that little yeah, that, that angsty mood. Don't, like, don't like it, it and then we have to kind of maintain and build that up I, I, to I, Saturday, right? I forgot, I forgot what 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 uh week it was, and I was uh, scrolling through Twitter, and then I saw like the um. The shot of the screen of everybody on the on the pod, and you were wearing a, a jersey. I forget for what team. And I literally 
saw this and just put my phone down. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> I think that was the first time I saw that that you were wearing a different jersey. And I was just like, I looked at my phone and was like, get the fuck out of here. Like, I, like what no, the fuck? He, he does this every fucking week. Like, like, like I, know now. Week. I know that now. Like, yeah. But, but but he's already said that he ain't doing it for Red Bull week and he ain't doing it for Philly week. So, so I mean, but as much All as right. it still pains me to look at it, I can kind of understand where he's coming from with that. As long as like I don't see him wearing like red and black stripes, like, he wore an Atlanta United kit, and I saw that. Like I like I was like, dude, bro, you're wearing red and black right now. Like, 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 bro, like, fuck at it. But I mean, but also, speaking of kit, my collection is not is not complete yet. There are some teams that I'm missing. So. Yeah, you're looking for like 2011 goalkeeper kits because you're a fucking madman. I don't fucking <laughs> understand it. But uh, but speaking of kits. You got you got something to ask him, don't you? Yeah, third, third. Well, and these these rapid fire questions have been completely derailed. They're not rapid fire. But <laughs> they went in rapid fire. We go into there, yeah. There's like a, a musket, like we're loading it in with the with the <laughs> powder and the <laughs> beyond the smokestacks podcast emphasis yeah. on the smoke. Like like, like that's just <laughs> so Sanchez. This is a huge question. Uh, favorite game worn NYCFC kit. Game worn. So a kit that was uh, worn in, in, a, in, a, in a game. Okay. Before. Oh, no, my favorite kit NYCFC wise is the 1920 uh, home kit with the vertical orange pinstripe, orange and navy pinstripe with the pigeon at the bottom. The I think I, I think I have like four or five or six of those already that I wear. And it was the first jersey that I ever, that I don't have no names on any of my jerseys. But since I, I had so many of them, I was like, I'm going to put a name on one of these because I have so many of them. I put Castellanos jersey on the name on that one. It's I, I the only players jersey I have. Yeah, so I talk mad shit about that uh, about the about the racing stripe jersey. I I I don't know for some reason it just can like if I'm gonna be completely honest, like I didn't love an NYCFC home kit until the Bronx Blue kit. That was the first NYCFC home kit that I loved. It's the first NYCFC home kit I ever bought. I bought a Hypno kit back in the day. I think I had one of the gray one, like one of the gray ones, like with with, with the obvious like like Ar- Argentina thing, yeah, the Argentina thing, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, like, like I, I think I had one of those, but it didn't last long, and like because it was like a, one of the DH gate ones, it was bad, and um, but yeah, no, I I had never bought a home jersey because I just never liked them because I always thought they looked too much like Man City, and the Bronx blue kit was a bit different because even though it's a solid blue kit with white piping on it, it like. It was those horrors, it was those vertical stripes with those like with that NYCFC monogram that was like like that that subtle one that like went down. I don't know. There's something so clean about it. But right. see, the thing as a bigger as a big guy, there's other factors we take into account when you're picking a favorite jersey. Gotcha. And one of the things that I look look at when I when with the jerseys, not just the way it looks, it's the actual wearability of it. Mm-hmm. You know, and to me, um. The, the the that that the one I'm talking about the blue pinstripe pigeon one, uh, vertical racing stripe pigeon one, is the most um easy wearable jersey I think there is. It really like it's is. very comfortable. It's like um the authentic uh, Bronx jersey, the one you're talking about. That that feels like it's gonna fall break if you wear it regularly. You huh. know, so so it's like it's a nice jersey. I love it. it looks great and everything. But the wearability, I like wearing jerseys. To games, I wear jerseys to games, and I always like the wearability, how it feels on me, and that's something yeah. that I take. In fact, to me, that was the best. The fit, the cut of it, everything was very simplistic and very easy. 
Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I can fuck with that. Like, yeah, I, I can understand that. I never wore that kit because the but, new kit, the new kit, I have it, and I, I don't think I'm ever going to wear it. I was actually because, about to ask you how did you because, feel about the, the because of the, the el elastic neck. Yes. Yeah. And, and and since I'm a big person, the the uh, getting a bigger size that means it's a bigger neck. So now I have like I look like Razor Ramon in 1995. Hey yo, Chico, you know like I have like a big, I have like a big thing right here. I have no chest. I have like four chest hairs. Like this is this is not working. I can't wear this shirt. I'm so glad you dropped Razor Ramon because I'm a huge <laughs> pro wrestling fan. The yeah. thing is, every single time I've ever tried to talk pro wrestling with it with with an FL NYCFC fan, they're all AEW fans, and I fucking hate AEW. So I'm just like, fuck, like, who am I gonna talk to about this? I used to like AEW, but I'm just not into it. I don't know what it is. Like, I'm more of a WWE person myself. Yeah, like, like it, it, it's, okay. it's not that I hate. Like, like, I shouldn't say hate. I just don't. The booking is just weird for me. Like, it's just, it's obvious. Like, it's like indie show, but like on television, I'm like, okay, that shit's cool. Like in a room of 200, 300 people. Like, I don't want to see it every single week. You know, like, like, you know, like, like hold me over at least into a fucking pay-per-view. You know what I mean? Like, but yeah. I mean, but yeah, no, like, I, yeah, no, I feel you. Like, like the neck definitely is like a weird fit. Like, like, and it fits like yeah. this. Like, and yeah. like, like, and I, I have like, I'm a skinny dude. Like I have a bird chest. So like, 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 like you were talking about how you're a bigger guy. Like I'm a smaller guy. Like, like I have like, I, I'm like. 510 about like a buck 40 like, like, like maybe a buck 50 on a bad day uh, but the thing is i have this bony ass chest that's a good day for me bubby <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I haven't been 140 since like i was 12 probably <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but but you're right the neck fits like this i love yeah, it's the very kit. weird i, I yeah. love the inner kit like it's nice and everything like that but like i mean like i i it's been cold anyway. I've been throwing like a windbreaker or like a jack, like a crack jacket over it anyway. We'll we'll see how it is in the summer. The orange kit is probably the most fashionable jersey, dude. Like I love the gold kit. I love. I, wear, it. I remember I, I, last summer I was going out with it like to like social events and like this jersey oh. was hot. Like it's fire. Yeah. Oh, dude! But do, do do you know who Alfie is? Tall dude, third rail, New Jersey. I think. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so. Yeah. I met Alfie completely outside of NYCFC. Alfie and I had been going to NYCFC games for years. I didn't meet Alfie until a night in Newark, New Jersey, at, at this club called QXTs. It's like this industrial like club, like like and, like I don't even like really fuck with industrial music like that. But like I mean, like it, it's just a cool place where I know people. And I was wearing my Volt kit there with uh, with Talis Magno's name on the back of it. And then someone said, "Yo, Talis," and I'm just like. Like, who the fuck is mentioning Talos Magnos? And how the fuck did you know how to pronounce it? Because like I I've gotten so many mangoes, like you, you wouldn't even believe. Like, but like, uh, like, like, and he was telling me that he's a season ticket holder. He's been a season ticket holder for a while. I met him and his wife, and his wife Mary, and, and we're still we're still chill to this day. And like, but but yeah, no, the Volt kit I wore everywhere. That kit was so sharp. It's it starting. This, it's seen better days. I need to get a new championship patch, and also like, um, uh, I don't remember what, it, but like those those. First year, like championship kits were fanatics fucked up royally on them. The quality control it's, it's was like, not it's, there. It's like they didn't think we were going to win. Yeah, <laughs> and even the shit that is supposed to be good, like the fucking star was like like this. I, I I need to get the star like 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 it's not falling off just yet, but like the corners are starting to like raise a little bit, and I'm just like, yeah, nah, it's, this ain't gonna work. Yep. Yeah, but great kit though. Shout out. To What's the up? Kit. Any more rapid fire uh, oh, yeah. musket so, questions? So just to, just to recap, his favorite kit is the, uh, the the racing stripe kit. So now we are going to give you the floor because uh, I mean I think everyone wants to hear um, about your NYCFC origin story. 
Well then, I used to work overnights, right? And then one day from work, I I, I went, I I fell asleep as usual, and then I woke up midday. I turned on the TV, ESPN, and on the bottom line of ESPN, it says new uh, MLS uh, a franchise expansion team uh, awarded to New York City will be called New York City Football Club, and it was like that whole press conference thing. That was literally. Uh, the first when they announced the team, I saw it online, and then I was just scrolling through Facebook, and then I found the NYCFC supporters page the same day. I think I must have been, I don't know, within the first thirty people to join the supporters page. Like first, I definitely first top hundred, first hundred people to join the supporters page, and yeah, and now I'm the admin of the supporters page. Look at that. <laughs> so yeah. And yeah, that was it. It was just meeting up, meeting, uh, networking with the people in the page. Like, you would get a, a sense of this is 2013, so you, it's two years before we get to kick a ball. So you get a sense of people wanting to organize, trying to meet. And then one day, the first ever meetup, it was six of us at Legends. It was opening day 2014 MLS season, Red Bull away to Montreal, and we want we went to Legends to watch it, Football Factory, and that was an adventure because there was like a big brawl after that whatever and then but yeah that was the that was the origin story and then from there just everything started rolling you know the third rail started i was like i'm in on this like whatever this is i'm in i head in i was part of the uh, the original third rail board the first one and then through little by little yeah and then here we are somehow almost 10 years after we were announced i'm we're i'm still here and that's basically how how I got into the team. It was just, and the best part about it was like meeting everybody. Like there's someone there's someone I met on Facebook to almost ten years ago who today is I consider one of my closest friends. So yeah, no, for sure. I've met like dude, like half my half my like my group. You know, my social group is NYCFC fans. Like 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 because like, that's just like like because. Like, like, I don't know. There's something about this club, like, because, like, I remember, like, I, I wasn't, like, day one, day one, like you were, Sanchez. Like, I wasn't there for the announcement or anything like that. Like, I remember it was, like, World Cup, like, 2014. Like, it was right before it started. And I had been supporting teams abroad for years. But I, I hadn't supported, like, really a team when, like, here, like, in the States, at least. Like, like I, I, I think, like, I went to, like, a Metros game, like, or two, like, when I was a kid or something like that. But, like, I, I never, like... I never like really got into them, and like once Red Bull came in, I became even less interested. And then like I remember saying like, okay, like it's you know like I'd like to be able to support a club here as opposed to like you know watching Newcastle, you know like you know like like all the way over here. I, I still love Newcastle to this day, but it's like I'd like to get in like on something like you know like and see if I can like really sink my teeth into MLS like and and go to games locally here. And I remember like I was like so I looked at the Red Bulls because I, I I had I didn't even know that NYCFC was a thing yet. And then I saw like that New York City FC was coming in like the next season. And it was a brand new team. And like I, I'm not even a cap, but by this point I was already living in Jersey. So like Red Bulls would have been the easier choice. But the thing is, do I support this team that I don't know shit about that's already been around for however many years? Or do I get in on the ground floor on a brand new team, like and watch it be born, watch the culture start to form and you know, and, and all that. And I chose NYCFC. I'm like, this is my team. I'm sticking with it. I remember watching the first game and joining that supporters group that day because I didn't know any places where I could talk about it because, you know, there was only so many people who even watched MLS, let alone, you know, like, there was only so many people who watched football here, like at, at the time, much less MLS. 
So mm-hmm. like, but like once, like I remember like, and I was just off to the races and like, yeah, like you, like here we are, like t- fucking eight years later after that first game. And it's been, a yeah, there's, it's been, it's there's been a something ride. very, something very special about being there from, for a team. This is not normal. Like all the teams, all the, all, all the other sports teams I follow been around for a hundred years. And it's something very special that in a hundred years from now, maybe I don't want to like big my head up, but maybe someone t- mentions me in like yeah. a conversation or something, you know, like, or mentions the or the origins of third row, the origins of like other supporters groups, the origins of, of like the, the bleacher culture, like in a hundred years, like we're, we're, we're all part of the history of this team. We might not be, a, we might not, it might not be looked at as much history now, 10 years in, but in a hundred years, it will be. It goes and, to that. It goes to that Winnie the Pooh fucking like quote. Like we didn't we didn't know that we were making memories. We just knew that we were having fun, you know. Mm-hmm. Like and that's like that's the beauty of it though. Like because like something that we say now, like like a song that we come up with like on on a whim could be what our grandchildren are singing in fifty oh, years. I do a lot of that Matthew McConaughey thing from uh, Days and Confused when he's like, <laughs> uh, he's like, all right, uh, let's go make some memories. Yeah. You know, and it, not the all right, all right, all right, the one that he's famous for, but he says, let's go make some memories. And that's yeah. always stuck to me. And I saw that movie 20 years ago, whatever. And it's always stuck. That's a phrase that's always stuck with me. Like whenever like a monumental thing is like, all right, let's go make some memories. Like today is a day that we're going to remember forever. It's a core memory day type of thing. It's going to remember forever. And it's crazy because win, loss, or draw, there's always something that we can take away from every single game day that we've ever yeah. been to. Like like like, yeah. like like good good and bad, you know. Like 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 good memories and bad. Some of my worst memories are associated with NYCFC being in person, you know. But it's also the source of some of my best. Like December 11, twenty twenty one, is one of the greatest days of my life. I wasn't there in Portland, but you know, like I remember watching on my couch. I was living in Florida at the time. I lived in Florida for a year, and uh, and it's the only time I ever like really. It's the only time I've ever cried during a sporting event. The only I time was watching, I was watching highlights of the game today. Yeah. I, I watch it reg- I watch the final regularly. Like that's on my like my regular programming, my TV program. If there's I have nothing to watch and I just want to have the TV on with something, I'm put the game on. No, for real. Like whenever yeah. I'm having a bad day, I play that beyond behind the scenes video of that of that win. Like like, like yeah. I, I sometimes I watch the highlights, but like I, I I like hearing like the sounds like in the in like the atmosphere mm-hmm. and like you can hear ROA fans going nuts in the background and like our drums going and you know like like come on New York and just I don't know. There's just something about seeing that penalty kick go in. Like, like it, it's almost still not real to me. Like I watch that back sometimes, and I'm like, and I'm and I'm like praying in my head, like please make it, please make it, please. I'm, I'm like I'm there again. Like like and it, mm-hmm. and then like once it goes in, it's like it's real to me again. And I'm just like, like like we really fucking did that shit. And that's like that's it's a special day. Like for yeah, me, like personally, like in every single regards. You know, like not just like sports, just in my own personal life, and nothing I'm ever gonna forget for sure. Because of the amount of roster turnover that we've had, I, I, personally for me, the championship feels like further and further away. Yeah, it, it is. That, it's that, getting further every day. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because like you look at the roster and like Maxi's not here, Tati's not here, Collins isn't here. Like these guys that were integral parts of that moment and that memory, like we don't get to, we don't get to see them routinely every Saturday anymore. So like, I think we only have like what four starting players from that lineup. Still on the team. Yeah, now it's Sands back. Yeah, Sands, Alfredo. Did did, did Tala start that Sh- game? Uh, Should know. Should know. and Tavon. Tavon started. Yeah. yeah. Tavon. Did Tala didn't start that game? No, I don't think so. I. I yeah, Tallis came in for Medina. Uh, 
So, yeah, no, who was playing left wing that game? That's actually a great question. I think it – was it no. Santi that was playing? Was it is, – Santi started that game. Izzy came yeah, on as a sub, that. right? Yeah. Izzy came on as a sub. Medina started. Yes. The GOAT. It must, was, yeah. was, Santi, was Santi at left wing then and, and, and Maxi was at the 10? I think I think that's pretty much what it was, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Santi started, Medina started, Maxi, yeah. Tati, Sands. Yeah. Alfredo. It, it really is. Uh, it really is. Giants, Chano. It really Goody. is. Uh, it's good Goody, Goody yeah. started that game, right? Yeah. yeah or was it Melda? No, Malti came in as a sub, I think. Malti came in as a sub, yeah. yeah. Goody definitely. Yeah. Goody was standing next to Maxi Morales next to the, for the free kick to for the goal. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Yeah. It, it really wow, is a shame it. that uh that our last memory of Ismail Tazuri Shradi was him failing to properly clear a ball that could have potentially mitigated us not having to go to PKs. Uh, Jesus you know, Christ! You know, you know what my but my last memory of Ismail Tazuri Shradi is like like didn't he make a penalty in that shootout? I'm pretty sure he did. Did he not? Did he not roll it past? Or like or was that New England? I don't think I don't think, so, think Tajori shot. I think it was uh it was Tati, yep. Magno, yep. Morales missed. Yep. Uh who was Maxi, fourth Maxi, Maxi, Maxi and Kyans, yeah. Yeah, that's all we needed five, right? Yeah. Four three, yep. was it? Yeah. Yep, four three. Uh, amazing. I have goosebumps already, man. I'm like still just talking about it that day. All right, so transitioning to the purpose of the preview of match day number eight at City Field, our first match in Queens against Nashville, yep. an opponent we saw on match day number one. This time we were playing them at home. This is the first match in the series at either City or Yankee. We've played them previously at Red Bull Arena, and we've played them uh, at two different stadiums down in Nashville. Or I think they were the same stadium, but named differently one was nissan no no one was nissan stadium was where the it was where the football team plays okay. and uh jodis is the new is their own stadium yeah so this is our this is their first time playing in the confines of a quote-unquote small pitch yeah <laughs> yes yes uh so there's no there's no match history the only uh the only match history that i brought up was um i decided to i had a lot of uh, i'm on spring break from from school uh today so i have a lot of time on my hands uh, so I, I decided to go back and, and, uh, dig up our record at City Field for, uh, just okay. overall, we've only, uh, we've only played seven matches, um, in our, in our club history at City Field. Do anybody know what, anybody know what our record is? Seven matches. I know we've lost at least three of them. Uh, I, so the first match I ever remember us playing there was against the Columbus crew, I believe decision day. And we drew that. Because Zach Steffen saved the penalty, we lost to Toronto. Oof, that game is hard for me to. Ooh, I was there. That was rough. Um, we beat Toronto last year five four, but I'm missing some. We drew a game somewhere in there, like nil nil. A Bear scored a penalty in a one nil game. I think that was last year as well. Oh, so we only lost one match. So we've only lo- we- we've only lost one match at City Field. And that was, and that was yeah, the we, it was the 19 yeah. playoff game to Toronto. The Oof. Matarita game. Yep. Oof. Three win, I... three wins, three draws, one loss. We um and we have three clean sheets at City Field. 
I, I used to love Mata. Like, I really did. I used to love Mata. After that game, he's, like, he's on my shit list. Like, he has been. Like, like even, like, when he, like, came back, I think it was, like, 2021 and, like, wore the kit. Like, like I didn't even want to see that. I never wanted to see him wear NYCFC colors ever again. Like When did he I, wear the kit? Oh, because he wore the, uh, they, he switched jerseys with somebody. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. So, like. I, at the end I, of the game. Know, yeah, at the end of the game, like, like when yeah. he was playing for Cincy, I think it was in 2021, the championship yeah. year, like, like, he, like, like said hi to the supporter section. I wasn't at that game, but, like, I mean, I, I maybe this is an, uh, maybe this no, is that was, that, that was last year. Was that last year? That was last year, yeah. Yeah. Early in the season. Yeah, I yeah. wasn't even interested. In, I, so I was at that game. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And I still wasn't interested. Yeah, I don't even remember seeing it. Had I, had I did see it, like, I would have been pissed. Yeah, no, I, I, Oof, that game is rough. But okay, only one loss at City Field. That's not too bad. I'm just gonna speak on this. Ma- Maturita genuinely loves New York. Um, he, yeah, I understand. That. After he got injured, yeah. after he got that major injury, before he flew back to Cincinnati, he he was at Yankee Stadium after uh, watching a match. I like I, I, I understand. Saw, I saw him there. I understand that he loves NYCFC, and I loves that, that he loves New York. I just wish he loved not sliding in the box. <laughs> In a in a pointless position, like behind a fucking you know winger, as as that, much as you love New York, that's people. that's gonna that's gonna haunt like it haunts. It does. I don't think it haunts us anymore because we broke it. We like we won the cup in twenty one. Like we got over that. If we still haven't won the cup, it it, it would it, that would be our moment. That was like that would be our curse. That would be like our moment in time where we always look back the curse of Matarita type shit. You know what I mean? Dude, it was like the, the one. It was the like one the Rebels, time was, Yeah. The rebels have the curse of uh, Kalinga. Uh, the guy, the the first play game they ever played, the guy scored an own goal for the Metro Stars, and he says <laughs> that they they uh, they ha- there's like a curse named after him that they've never won anything because of him because the first goal, the first rebel uh, Metro goal was an own goal. Oh shit! No, it's yeah. just it's it's just it's one of those things where it's like like that was the one year that we finished first in the East. It's the only we would have won it all that year. Yeah, no, if we get past that game right there, it's ours to lose. Because the Yankees also got bounced out of the playoffs that week. Like, people forget about that. We just didn't have the time to convert the stadium back back in Mm -hmm. time to play that game at Yankee Stadium. So we had to play it at City Field. Had we won that game, we'd go on to host all those Eastern Conference games. At That was the first year of single elimination, too, at Yankee Stadium. And Mm -hmm. and that was like... that was like right around the time that we established that yes, we are dominant at home because it, it technically started in like 2017, but like in 29, like in 2019, I was like the first year where people started. Realizing actually, was- actually, I think it started after the red wedding because remember yeah. after that, we went on a run since then it's, we've been unstoppable. Yeah, no. Yeah. It's been, it's, I, I love going to games. I, I expect three points when I go to Yankee stadium, like, and, and that that should have been our year, and it wasn't. But thank God it came two years later because holy fuck, that was bad. Yep. So at, at City Field and our games there, we have scored thirteen goals and conceded nine, which is good enough for one point eight five goals per game and one point two eight goals against. It should also be noticed that four of those goals came in one game. Yeah. Yep. Um, so in terms, I, yeah. I I know that on social media and Christian, I know you speak on this a lot in the pod. Um, you, you talk about like the atmosphere and the vibes at City Field. The the high the highest attendance that we've ever had at City Field is just twenty thousand. It's 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 because I've been to um, international soccer games at City Field. I went to Ecuador Chile, and I went to uh, I went to, to I saw two Ecuador matches there, and I saw AC Milan versus 
Club America. The thing with that is, I believe that they can't open the upper level because you can't see the field from upstairs. Like, yeah, even, even in the first level, the, the first two levels that, that's open right now, the higher you get in the sections in the first level, the less of the field you see. And City Field is not like Yankee Stadium where the in City Field the majority of their seats are in the upper deck and in the only the first level to only only fits less pe like less amount of people. Yeah, yeah, no, but it's funny that he mentioned that like the, the most that we've ever had is twenty thousand because I um I don't like like Sanchez you've been in the spaces a few times so obviously you know Geo um, you uh, probably right you know Geo right yeah like used to code. So he's so Geo used to coach like Red Bulls Academy stuff. He he always wanted to work for NYCFC, but he needs to get he needs to make his name somewhere. So he coached NY uh, youth okay. football for uh, Red Bulls, and now is coaching youth football at NYCFC. He finally got the job that he wanted, and he's never been to a game at City Field. He's been to games at Yankee Stadium. He's never been to games at Red Bull Arena. He's never been to a game at City Field. And I was telling him the atmosphere is something else. Like that playoff game. Yeah, that playoff game last year against Miami was a fucking movie. Like, like there, there probably wasn't more than like nineteen point five thousand people, if that, at that place. But in the rain, yeah, in the rain, at, like in the middle of fucking October, and there, but there's something about that stadium just holds fucking noise. I don't know what it is, but like you can put, you can pack in ten thousand people in there, and it'll feel like fifty, 18, like eighteen thousand. Yeah, so yeah, so I was right about and, there. And, and that's the thing, it was like a certain, uh, like about half the supporters section is in that uh, right field area that's that has the large overhang. So that naturally just makes it louder because there's like more acoustics in our favor. Yeah, so. it, 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 correct me if I'm wrong, Sanchez, but that 2019 game, that playoff game, didn't they try throwing the supporters up on that second level? Like, they like did. And then everybody complained because no one bothered to look that even the, the only way you can see the whole field from the second level is if you're in the first row. Yeah. If you're in the second row and up, which everybody was, they nobody who was up there saw Matarita commit that foul. Yeah. Not no. one soul. Not one soul who was up there. If you weren't on the first row, saw that saw that foul happen. Only the people the rest of the people in the stadium have to live with that 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 vision that you can't erase. Yeah, I was in the press box on the opposite side of the field, so I had a bird's eye view of it. I knew it immediately. I was like, in the lower level first row. I saw it right there, thirty feet away from me. Fuck, fucked up, man. Like, like it just, but like, yeah, no, I remember them like putting them up there, and I remember like the Tifo looked really cool that we had that. I don't. It was like a train like running over the Toronto like logo, like 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 it was on the front of it. If I, if I remember, if I recall correctly, and I remember the Tifo looking cool as a result of it. But the thing is, half the stadium couldn't see the Tifo because the seats are only angled. Like, like, yeah. like it's all—it's not angled at like a like a like a forty-five degree angle. It's like angled like, like, like this. It's kind of straight, which is why, like, like yeah, like you said, the further back that you are, you can't see shit. And I remember mm -hmm. talking to Brenda after that game because she drove me there and she drove me back because we both live in Jersey. And she was saying I didn't even see the foul because she was sitting at the back of the supporter section, and and, and like so she didn't even know what happened until they went to VAR. I think that, that that went to VAR, right? Is that what happened or did they call it right there on the pitch? I think they called it right away. Yeah, yeah, or something like that. She didn't see it until Pozuelo lined up for the penalty. Like and yeah, no, like so but yeah, something about City Field, amazing atmosphere. I love it. I love games there. Um, you know, like what we have even though we've only lost one game there, we obviously tip, we tip, we typically play better at Yankee Stadium like overall. Like, however, I don't know. I love going to games there. I look forward to it. Like, and it's not it's not a hard trip either, especially from where I'm at. 
you go to New York Penn and you transfer to either the Long Island, you know, railroad if you want to pay a little extra cash, or you, you know, you you take the you take that one X and then get off at seven, and then like you know, you take the seven the rest of the way. But it's like I love going to games there, and I'm look I'm I'm really looking forward to this weekend. Like I can't wait to be back in City Field. So, like I said, the high attendance was twenty thousand. That was the first ever game at City Field, two-two uh, draw versus the Crew. And the low attendance at City Field is 14,000, and that was uh, September of last season, the 1-1 draw against Cincy. Um, yeah. And if you average out the attendance over all the games, we're at 17,500. So, I mean, that, that's what that's the expectancy for, for what you can ex- possibly mm-hmm. expect this weekend. Um, this, is, this will be the second game in April that we'll have played at City Field, and this season is the most games that we have at City Field in club history. Um, we, I'm looking at scheduled. The, I'm looking right now. We, we have a bunch of games at, at City Field this year. I think it's six. I think it's six scheduled so far. Yeah. Yeah. Versus yeah. how many scheduled for Yankee Stadium? Seven. One, one, one of them. One game is at Rebel Arena, and the other one's TBD right now. The last game is TBD. Yeah. Oh, wow. So we only have. Do we only have five games scheduled for Yankee Stadium this year? Five at City is what I'm counting right now. Five. Uh, five uh, guaranteed uh, at oh. City. I think I'm counting the uh, Campeones Cup. I mean, the League's Cup thing too is going to be at City Field. Yeah, the first, the yeah. first match. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but you know, that that's to be expected too, because I mean, the stadium's coming in Queens, and obviously you want to like really cultivate that fan base there. And like, what better well, time? Yeah. Well, the the team said they're going to transition to playing more games in City Field as the years progress to build the fan base. I wouldn't be surprised if in 2026 we only play maybe three games at Yankee Stadium and I would hope that the last game of the regular season is at Yankee Stadium so we could say goodbye to the goodbye to it type of thing like have that little moment because I will miss Yankee Stadium I, I think Yankee Stadium has uh I like the surrounding areas the the things to do pre and post game and we've gotten used to the stadium you know yeah no I'm I, like like I'm gonna miss Yankee Stadium like 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 so much like like I, I was always of the opinion like like people always like how badly do you want a stadium I'm like I'm like, I want a stadium bad, but not for the reason that you think so. Like, I'm not embarrassed playing the Yankee Stadium. Fuck it. I don't give a shit, you know, what other people have to say. I, I don't care what other people have to say about it. Like, I don't care. Like, 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 if you could get the only, my only issue with the Yankee Stadium was that we couldn't guarantee it for every single game because the Yankees, because baseball season runs directly through it. And depending on how good the Yankees are, you may or may not have it for like those first two games of the playoffs or, or all of it. If the Yankees were to ever get to the World Series and have to play a fucking, you know, game seven. You know, there like, like that was always my issue. But like, I mean, but I mean, I, I love the fact that we're getting a stadium. I love the location. And, you know, I, I can't wait for that goodbye to Yankee Stadium in a, few, in a few years. And I'm looking forward to seeing what they cultivate around that new stadium to like, you know, like, so like we're, we're going to have to make it our home, you know, like, like make like make it a new home. Like, hopefully, you know, there's some bars in the area that we can chill, chill at and everything like that. I'm going to miss the bodega for sure. That's definitely the first place you're going to miss. Like once we move out of Yankee Stadium. That's the thing. Yep. It's the stuff around it. It's not so much the stadium. It's it's all like it's the bodega. It's you know stands, Billy's, Yankee Tavern, all those. Places. The food. Yeah. The everything food. eating, the easy accessibility. So, chopped cheese. Yeah. <laughs> where, yeah. where am I going to get my nuts for nuts? Is there is there a nuts for nuts cart in, in Queens? Because I feel like <laughs> that's I have, I have no idea. That's my pregame <laughs> ritual. Um, so I, I also did a deep dive on, so on, out of the seven, seven games we played in, at City Field, I did a dive to, uh, to, uh, to get the, the statistics of current players on our roster, how they performed at games at City Field. 
And it was, I mean, it'd be what you expect. So, um, uh, Gabby Pereira has three goals at, uh, yeah. at City Field. Um, Santi has a goal and two assists. Parks has a goal and an assist. Magno has an assist. But here's where it gets a little bit dicey. Gray has an assist. Tiago Martins has a red card. <laughs> uh, and an own goal. Alfred, and an own goal. And an own goal. Alfredo Morales has a, has a double yellow red card <laughs> at, at City Field. Um, yeah. So, so scrappy we, games. Yeah. So we do have we have some guys who at least have 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 had some success playing on that pitch, playing in that stadium, um, going up against one of the more f- formidable sides in the um, proven so far through seven match days um, with in the Eastern Conference. Just to speak a little bit about about um, about Nashville, they are currently fifth in the East. We are currently seventh, um, and uh, they've they've started the season out pretty pretty well, especially defensively. Um, they've only conceded two goals the whole season, and in both games that they conceded, they lost. Every other game, they've gotten a, a, a result, meaning a, a win mm-hmm. or a draw. Um, so if they concede, they've lost. That's the only way they've lost games. Um, so they're kind of like us. They're like, they're like, they're, they're not, they're not going to concede a shit ton of goals. But the thing is, they're not going to score a lot either. And also, the game, the two games they lost this year were against New England and Cincinnati, who are both at the top two teams in the Eastern conference. So they're losing against quality opponents. They're not losing against crappy, uh, crappy opponents like Montreal, Charlotte, DC, Miami, Red Bulls. Um, they're, they're losing against quality, quality opponents and they're, and they're getting results, draws and wins against teams that they should beat. Um, uh, Jacob Schaffelberg has two goals in the season. He's, a, he's their leading goal scorer. He had a goal in the game against us in the first go round. Um, Hani Mukhtar is, has, He's now starting games uh, because when we played him the first time, he came on as a sub in the second half. He has a goal and three assists. Fafa Picol, who's their pacey winger, has a goal and an assist. Uh, Walker Zimmerman has a goal. That goal was scored against us. Shaq Moore, their right back, has two assists. Um, so they, I mean, they're a known entity. We played against them. We know, we kind of know what to expect. Uh, we know how they're going to play. We know, we know their tactics. We, uh, who knows what they're going to change based on where they're playing the game. Um, but we at least they're not uh, they're not a question mark. We know exactly what what they're going to come in with with Hani Mukhtar um, running the show. Everything's going to go through him. Uh, they have attacking fullbacks that have some quality. They have a U.S. men's national team quality center back. Um, so they're definitely um, not going to surprise us. Um, the first goal, the, uh, the first game we played against, we, uh, um, it was a two-zero defeat, um, which uh, we were unlucky not to possibly scoring that game um but we were definitely still uh finding our footing um how are you guys feeling heading into this saturday compared to how we were heading into match day number one let's start with our, our special guest sanchez i honestly don't feel um like i don't i'm not scared of them you know offensively like i don't like even in that first game it was before they scored like it had a tie written all over that game. Like, no one wanted to score. We both sucked that game. And then they were able to score. And the and the other goal was, like, off a giveaway or something, a bad pass or something like that. But I'm not that worried. I'm not that scared about that. I'm more, I'm more concerned about us not being able to score than keeping them from scoring. Yeah. You know? yeah. Our, our offense has been a bit anemic uh, the past yeah. couple weeks, which is frustrating because we have a certain level of talent – but when the talent's not producing, there's there's no one to to step up. But, yeah, correct. 
Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm with Sanchez here. Like, like I, I'm not worried about Nashville. Like, like, because I know what our quality is at the end of the day, and I know that we're a good team, especially defensively. Like, Chano uh, and Tiago Martins have been really fucking good this year, especially Martins. Martins like really had like a breakout year and has really like solidified himself as arguably our best defender. And I, I'm, well, I, I wouldn't even say it's arguable. I'd say that when you look at him side by side with Chano by the numbers this year. Uh, I would say Martins is is head and shoulders, but I mean, uh, like Sanchez said, where are the goals coming from? Because we've had an issue scoring that. Well, like, like how many multi-goal games have we had? Just one or or two? Like, like uh, I I can't. I I know the the three-two win, but have we scored more than one goal at any point during the season outside of that game against DC United? Like, I can't think of one. No, Sanchez. no, DC's yeah, no. only multi-goal game in the season was DC. Yeah. I would. I will say I feel good about it being the first game at City Field because, like I said before, the games at City Field always have an amazing atmosphere. Like, fans always – like, the supporters, like, the supporters, like, the actual supporters always turn out in full force, uh, like, like at those games. I got uh, something to add to this. They, I had a former player once tell me, uh, NYCFC player tell me, that – uh. Everything about City Field for them is also better. He said that the grass is better at City Field. The way the, the type of grass, the way the, it's cut, it's 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 closer to soccer at City Field grass than Yankee Stadium grass. I had a player said that the depth perception in City Field, the way the uh, the field layout is is easier to adjust than to Yankee Stadium field. So they kind of like that. Um. The, the locker room, everything else is 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 good. Like it's like they the players like enjoy playing there. Like for them person is like, oh, this is a good thing. Like playing in City Field is a good alternative. Yeah, no, that doesn't that doesn't surprise me like at all because like I mean it's just it it's a it's a great stadium. Like like listen, I'm a Yankees fan. I can't stand the fucking Mets, you know. But like, but it's a beautiful City Field's a gorgeous stadium and and it, it's very well constructed and it's got a lot of you know got a lot of good acoustics like it's got those acoustics that the old yankee stadium had remember the old yankee stadium and how much of a yeah. fortress that place was that mm-hmm. new yankee stadium does not fucking compare at all it feels like a corporate like m- like imitation like it doesn't feel like the same stadium i mean i still love yankee stadium like, it it's is. Old, but it, it, it's not the same like like as that place that was across the street and but like you know city field for sure like i i can see that and also like it's it's shown in the performances because like you know even like you know, Gabby Pereira, was that his first ever appearance that he ever made for our club at City Field where he scored the goal? I think that was his first ever appearance, was it not? Was that his debut when he came on against Toronto last year and uh, that like little cheeky, like just like curler, like far post? Like every other goal he scores? Yeah, like every other goal he scores, minus one with his right foot. No, minus the uh, the, the one goal I can picture him not scoring with his left foot was the one where he like he, he made – what team was it against where he cut and he cut and he cut? Uh, Tom, it was against the Revs. Because no, it was against yeah. the Revs because no, it was, I think it was at Yankee Stadium. It was against oh, the yeah, Revs. It was at Yankee Stadium when he, Tommy when he made the dude slip before. And then Tommy, yeah. Tommy Mack comes in and cleans him out at the end. Yeah, yeah I, know, I remember that goal, but I also remember him scoring one on the road. It was like another banger, like like, like with his right foot. Oh, yeah. No, like from, I, from outside the 18. Yeah. Um, but like when I say like that cheeky finish, like that, like it was kind of like the one he scored against Chicago. It's not like so much a banger as much as it is. It's just like a touch of. It's just like it's like a little kiss. Like like like, like he kind of like walks up and then just like in like at like at, like in a blink of an eye, kind of just curls his left foot like that, and it kind of just and it just it, it just it 
helplessly like just sails past the keeper and like into that far post. Like like that's like that cheap. Like I remember that goal against Toronto because that was I think the one that made it five, if I ever recall, like five to two. Then they scored two and almost made a sweat. But yeah, no, um, you know, so yeah, no, I, I can see where Sanchez is coming from there because the players do seem to come alive. They do seem to enjoy games there. Like like you can see like an energy on the pitch that like. Mm-hmm. That, like like th- that they show like th- they're always energetic at home, but like at City Field, there seems to be there, there's an aroma. I don't know what it is. I can't describe it. I can't put my finger on it. But yeah, they, even as a supporter, for sure. So for me, heading into this weekend's match, I'm I'm not too confident. Um, the the, re- the results that Nashville has gotten this year are impressive. N- not having only conceded two goals in seven matches, no matter how you slice it, is impressive. Yeah. Yeah, but, but like you said, they've never played on a baseball stadium, yes. like in a, like like in a baseball stadium before. Like like that's a whole like like we, we've seen but it's great still soccer. teams. It's still soccer. I understand, but we've seen great teams reduced to like pedestrian bystanders, like at Yankee Stadium. Like 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 for instance, like Philly in twenty twenty one, like decision day. Like at, like we were down the ten men. Philly was a good fucking team that year. You know, they were arguably like one of the favorites to lift the cup that year, and they were competing like neck and neck with the. Uh, with New England for, for like, to, to, weren't they competing? Like, weren't they like relatively close to them at the end of the season? Like, like, like they were like, a, they were a great team, but as soon as they played at Yankee stadium, they just didn't look like this, the same club. Like they just didn't. I know, but since they, ne- since Nashville's never played in baseball, what if they come in and they play awesome? Like, like I mean, you're, you're I mean, it's possible, yeah. but, like, yeah, it's, see, it's, but that's why I agree. I, I kind of siding with Joe right here because look at all the matches we've played at City field. It's been chaos. There's been a lot of chaotic matches because the same way Nashville for for this game has never played in, in City Field or in the baseball stadiums, we don't really play at City Field often either. So for a lot of these players now, like what's this uh, Richie Ledesma, where well, he's gonna be as, as confused as they are. Okay, you know. So, so, I'm so that's what I, I feel like I feel like in our in our like you said the Toronto match last year or the year before is like it's just chaos. I always expect chaos at these games because a lot of weird stuff always happens the red cards like it's a short amount of time game own goals uh um remember remember the uh that that playoff match against toronto nobody talks about chanel's pass back to the goal when he passes straight back to the uh to the toronto player you know like wacky things happen at city field and that's why like a part of me is like Nashville doesn't score much. NYCFC doesn't score much. Watch this game end like in a 4-3 or something. So, so I'm, glad, I'm glad you mentioned chaos. Like I'm, I'm very glad that you mentioned that word. Because So, Joe, remind me. How many how many goals have, have Nashville conceded this year? Two. And what was the results of both of those games? Losses. Does, does that strike me as... That, does not, that, that is a hiss that jumps out at me. Because it seems like Nashville is a very, very competent, if not very, very good football club until things don't go their way and in a and in, in a chaos ridden place like city field you can pretty much count on things not going your way even if you're the team in control and i don't know how they're going to feel how they're going to feel with those crazy sight lines you know like, like, like the, those fans on top of you it's not quite like yankee stadium where like the fans are you know a little like a, a bit away you know from the pitch they're going to be on top of you especially like on, in those corners and I, like, like maybe I'm reaching a little bit, you know, you, and you guys can say that if you want. But the thing is, I think that this is Nashville is a team that is perfectly capable of killing you so long as they're the ones in control. 
once they lose that control, once they relinquish control, at least it's borne out through the data that we have this season. Granted, it's a sample size. Only gone through like what six, seven, eight games, like seven games. So like you know, like it, it's not a lot to go by. But two goals conceded, and you lost both of those, and and one and like only like in two games, and you've lost both of those. Like that doesn't strike me as a team that's ready for like a Yankee Stadium or City Field. At least not right now. I mean, I could be wrong. Yeah, they can come out and you know grab and seize it, and 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 you know dictate you know the pace of play, you know and, and play in the front foot, you know, kind of like what we saw Atlanta do at Yankee Stadium last week. And Atlanta's not a team that has done well, historically speaking, at Yankee Stadium, but they seemed ready for the occasion, you know, last week. I mean, but... I, I'm, I looking at, this- I'm looking at the scores for the season right now, and we've only led two games. The two games we've won against Miami and this year, the only two games we've ever held a lead. I, we scored in other games against Chicago and... Uh, um, that's it. And New England and Atlanta, but we never had the lead in these games. Like we so what I'm trying to get is that if we if we don't score first and they happen to score, we're in trouble. We're like in their in the same shoes that they're in about the uh, the if they get scored on, they don't know what to do, they end up in losses. But we're also the same way. We 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 don't we get, we're getting ties at least, but we're we're in trouble cuz a tie right now is start is it's not as much help as it as we is not the help we need right now. You know, we got to start pulling off some wins. I completely understand that, but like, here's the thing: like, like, and I, I, and I hate to make excuses. I'm not an excuse guy. Like, 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 uh, like, but like, with NYCFC this year, it's been very, very weird because there's players uh, in our first team that are starters that didn't get a preseason with us. Santi Rodriguez did not get a preseason with us. Gabby Pereira missed the entire preseason except for one game due to visa issues. Uh, James Sands didn't come back until what match day two, match day three, like, uh, like, th- so, like, so there's there's going to be an adjustment. Not to mention you've also got Ledesma who's came in and is still acclimating himself to this team. I would also I like to add something. Um, Tadas Magno, who did have a preseason, who's been here, but up to two weeks ago, his whole preseason and first four games of the year, he was probably practicing and played as a um striker as a uh center forward yeah. and all of a sudden he the past two weeks this is his third week he's probably had to adjust like himself and everybody else having him on the left now because we're playing with a forward with a striker so it's it, it that's also takes an effect that like he's having to do a new preseason at a new position right now yeah. well, as the season is going for sure and also i like like i i know like Davi says it every single week. I know there's several members of our fandom that says it every week that we need a striker, and I agree with that. I do think that we need a, a, a thoroughbred number nine in this squad. I think it's the only thing that this team's missing. But I also think that our team's what I, I also think that once this team meshes, you know, begins to mesh, at least until we can get that striker, and I think that we're on the cusp of that. I think we're on, you know, the verge of that. It's still going to be a dangerous and competitive team because, like, listen, like, like, Last week wasn't convincing for the first 60 minutes or so, but once that first goal came in, we were on the front foot, and we could have easily won that game 3-1 with the yeah. chances that we generated in those last 10 minutes. It's just a matter of finding the net. and as, like We know that the players can do it. We know Gabby's capable. We, we, you know, we know that Santi is somewhat capable. He's not a clinical goal scorer. He's never been. He's a good supplemental piece in the attack. Like, like, like he, he, but like he, he's good at finding areas and he's good at finding passes. But we know that he can hit the net on his best day. Though, and even a guy like Talis is not too shabby. But uh, he's not a goal scorer. But he he can make shit happen. 
the thing is we have a lot of guys in this final third that can make shit happen. The only thing is who's going to be the one that puts it away. And I think if you can find at least two guys who are willing to put it away just on one off, we can get to the summer. Could, could I could I could I uh, open up a conspiracy it. theory? I'm big into conspiracy theories. Like I like when, conspiracy when, theories when, too. I'm on, I'm on YouTube always looking at going down rabbit holes of conspiracy theories about ancient earth. It's wild. I have like a very <laughs> wild imagination when it comes to that stuff. So Here's this conspiracy theory. We are now, this is April 12th, May, June. So we're literally two months and 18 days away, I believe, to the transfer, summer transfer window to open in the world. Do you think we haven't gone for a striker because there's still a small chance that Tati comes back? Remember, he is our player, and he's out on loan. When does his loan end? I, you know what? Uh, July. July. Uh, he, he signed. He went for a year. July. So what? I. Huh? July so what I'm saying is, what if there isn't major interest? Maybe what if Hirona says we don't want to sign him, and then that trickles into not major interest from European teams. Even though he's had a respectable year at, at, in La Liga, he's had a not not a bad year and not a great year by any means, but he's had a respectable year. Do you for for the team at, of that status? It's a good year. What if he th- doesn't get the interest, and then we say, "Yo, we're like in fourth or fifth place. We're we're just missing a striker. That's all we're missing. We're clicking everywhere else by June." What's to say that Yotati come back finish the season while we find you a team while we while we try to find you another team to go to? You know what the thing is, I've thought about this and I've been thinking about it recently. I'm glad that you brought it up, Sanchez, because I've been thinking. I'm like, listen, is Tati doing poorly with Yorona? No, but he's not lighting it up either. As a matter of right. fact, he just missed a very bad sitter against Barca, yeah. and a lot of Yorona fans aren't happy with him right now. Like it was a bad miss, no, and, and listen. Yeah. No, it was it was pretty bad, Joe. No, it, it was a bad you're, miss. You're acting like it was a tap-in. He, he, he still had to beat Marc-Andre Ter Joe, no, no, Joe, I know we're overdue for our signature trademark argument right now. This is not the hill to die on. That was a shot that Tati should be burying. Any nine worth his salt should World be burying. World-class strikers miss shots all the time. It wasn't a bad miss. I understand miss. that, but missing that shot was, it it was a bad miss. It would have been less painful if he shot it and it was stopped by the keeper. Because at least you know it. Target. That's what that's what makes it a bad shot because it wasn't on target in any way. Uh, that's what. That's the only way. That's the only thing that makes it bad. Because even if he would have shot it and it hit the post, it w- and it was still a miss, or the keeper saved it somehow. Like it's it doesn't hurt as much as being wide right by that much. Well, that's yeah. the only thing that makes it a bad. I think, in my opinion, that makes it a bad shot. If anything, the thing I'm more upset about is like I mean, obviously, as a nine, he's. Like nines are very self-centered. He wants to score the goal, but he really could have just slid it to, to to whatever the hell the Russian guy with the T last name. He could have just slid it past him, and it would have been a tap in easy goal. Yeah, but he's a nine. You want I, your nines I, I, taking I know, that I shot? Know, I know, but, but he's like, due for. He, he's probably thinking, you I haven't scored a goal in two months. Like I need a goal right now. And imagine scoring a goal against Barca in their state in the camp now. Like this is that's like something you frame that picture, put it on your wall, type of thing. And that, you know, and that's a, and also if he scores that goal. Suitors are lining up in the summer to sign him. Yeah, possibly, more, it's more a because because you know you would he's I think at nine goals or ten or like around here. I don't think he's at ten goals yet for the year. But yeah, I think I think he's like I think he has like one Copa del Rey goal or something like that. 
Yeah, something like that. But, but he, like, he needs to get to, like, around 12. Close to 12 to be, like, be starts getting looked at. You know? I've thought about your conspiracy theory that he might come back. And, I, and I've thought about it for, for a bit. Because even though, like, obviously NYCFC has had interest in other strikers, like there was that Polish kid, Bladerczyk, I think his name was, a few months ago that Fabrizio Romano talked about how we were interested in, but, like, we have no, really no chance of signing. There's obviously the Haitian uh, striker, uh, Duckins, Navarre, is that, what was his name? It was Duckins. It was, it was, it was, it was a great, it's a great name. Duckins is a great name. Uh, but, like, you know, obviously, like, he's being talked about right now, and there's, like, some serious noise about him. But I've always wondered, I'm like, listen, if he doesn't, if it, like, like if Yorona doesn't sign him, it's not like, 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 who else is going to, you know, like in La Liga, you know, like, is he going to go to like some, like one of the more, like, is he going to like, are there, is there going to be a Portuguese team that is a suitor for him? Is there going to be a Belgian team that's going to be a suitor for him? Is he really going to be interested in that? Is Palmeiras going to try to dig back in and try to make their 800th bid for him? You know, like I remember, like uh, what was the other club that was interested in River Plate? River Plate, I think, was also in the mix at one point. I mean, obviously, these are like some of these clubs are big clubs, but I mean, is River Plate or you know, like or Palmeiras? You know, is that an upgrade from Irona? I don't think so. And uh, like, like, what's to say that he can't finish out a season with us, like a half a season? Like, listen, we know that you're set on Europe. Just come finish the season out, win another fucking cup. And then score a bunch more goals. And then in the middle of the season, when teams are desperate for a striker, where teams are like, like, like trying to like, like either trying to stay above the. Not water. even that. Check this out. Come play the league's cup while the transfer window's still open. Mm. Win us the league's cup. The league's cup ends uh, August twelfth or something like that. Yeah, thirteenth like around there's the final because our first game back is the twentieth. Yeah, August twentieth at City Field against Minnesota. Like I bet the transfer, the European transfer window is still open. Imagine he scores four goals in that tournament on our and, and and NYCFC makes it to the finals, whether we win or lose. But he has four goals in that tournament. His stock just goes right back up again. And, and you already know yeah. he can't go on loan to any of the other CFG clubs, or he's going to go fucking to Hia. That would be a obvious downgrade. I don't think he's going to. I don't think anyone is entertaining that thought. Like like like, like I, I I've wondered like where does Tati go? Because I haven't even like heard much. I remember Brighton was talking it over the winter. But that never like materialized. I don't know if Brighton's still interested. Probably, probably not. not. Probably not because their, their academy kid Ferguson is eighteen years old and he's lighting it up right now. So yeah, like, like I just, where does he go? And he's not ready for Manchester City for sure. I mean, like, they, like I, I have wondered this question, but and I think I think if you get him, you immediately become, in my opinion, the MLS Cup favorite. You know, like who's stopping that? You know, like, 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 and, and with, with, you know, with, with players that he has a rapport with, like Talis, who he made a better player, like Santi, who definitely looked, who was definitely a beneficiary of Tati's exploits for sure. You know, like, not to mention, you know, some, some, you know, Pereira only played a few games with Tati, and I don't think we lost a game with Pereira and Tati in the full. Like I remember, like yeah. if I recall correctly, like I, I, at least before Dila left, uh, like after Dila left, I, 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 I know there was that U.S. Open Cup match, but. Yeah, I don't know, but it, it, we, we've got a while to go, and but and there is players in this team, like I said before, like Gabby Pereira, who didn't get a preseason with the team. The guys like Santi Rodriguez, who didn't get a preseason with the team. Guys like Ledesma and Sands were brought in later on. You know, even though Sands has been a part of this team before, you know, a lot. There's we, we've talked about it. There's a lot of new faces on this team. 
you know, and a lot of guys who he's probably not accustomed to distributing to being distributed, you know, you know, being, you know, well, that he's distributing to and that are distributing to him. And, you know, like, and even though, you know, like the midfield's still relatively intact with, you know, Alfredo and Keaton still in there, you know, you've got some wild cards in there, like Elenich, like Kufre, you know, who are big parts of the attack, uh, like Seagal, who nobody had ever heard of until he, he came through this year. But I, I really just think it's a, it's a matter of like, when are we going to start meshing? Because I do think that we can get results with the squad that we have. I don't think this is a bad team on paper as is. We do, we are missing a striker. And I do still think that we need a left footed center back because Chanel's not getting any younger and it's not his natural position. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 I still think this is our game to lose at City Field just, just because of the history that we have there and just because Nashville's never played at either there or Yankee Stadium. I agree with you that we have the talent to get results, but until that talent starts reaching their potential, we're dead in the water. But, but here's the thing. Let me ask you this, Joe. Do you think it's just a matter of time before they start realizing that talent, or do you think it's possible they never do? Because I, I think it's only a matter of time. Yeah, but it, it, being a ma- it being a matter of time, I think our timelines are different. I think that you think it's going to happen like any day now, and I think we still have, I, I think it, because we don't have a, like, we're kind of like fucking winging it here with Seagal up top. It's like, oh, hey, uh, the Talos thing didn't work for the first five games. Uh, so we're going to reverse course and throw in a guy who's never played professional football before and see how it fucking goes. And so far, hasn't gone great. And it's going to continue to not go great until this kid kind of fucking picks his head of his ass and starts playing striker the way a professional striker should be playing. Um, I guess I, I mean I mean I'm not gonna try like listen he's kind of been put in like a bit he's never had a minute for this team before and then he gets two starts off the rip and his only professional experience is the fourth division in Germany that's not an easy jump I think you got to give him a little time too yes but I I just I wish that our schedule was a little bit more forgiving because if, if you look at our, if you look sure. at our schedule we played against Atlanta United Atlanta started the season red fucking hot Nashville yeah. has only conceded two fucking goals this year FC Dallas. Legit is back in the lineup. They have they have the uh, they have the big three over there with Ariola, Legit, and Ferreira. They're looking pretty potent over there. Um, I I know they're good at MLS level, but whenever I hear like big three, Legit, Ferreira, Ariola, I'm just like, oh, I mean, like, they're, I, they're, I good, they're good MLS players, players. Uh, and they, and they're, yeah, they're yeah. men's national that, players. Uh, to, and and, and then, that's what the you know what? That, no, that's what I'm saying. The the this game, like I, I agree with Joe 100 percent that like I see I see something something working but i don't see it happening within the next m- couple games at least like it i think by i think by the mid-season we're going to be clicking a little bit better hopefully even with this current lineup even if we don't add another striker or whatever i feel like uh, the continuity of just keep drilling this in i think the talis moving on the left is a positive thing because it lets him cook the way he wants to cook and seagull is just the 11th man on the field type of thing you know because uh all of our other players are bench players their their strongest attributes are not up there so we have to put the like the whatever best option we have to play the center forward position for now uh, unless we sign somebody i mean you you look at st louis cities uh, other than their first game against uh against texas all their other are austin sorry all their other games were kind of like cupcake games they were against like very low level talent teams you look at our next few matches. We just played Atlanta, Nashville, Dallas. Toronto's going to be a toss-up because of the energy levels of it being shown. And also, 
fucking Bernadeschi's good. Like, he, he's, a, he's a very good MLS player. Uh, Charlotte might be a game where we can get our footing. Uh, they're not, they're not really, they don't have a lot of talent over there. They're not getting results. Then you have a high energy game against, in, in a Hudson River Derby. Orlando City is going to be another energy pack game because we just don't like On a midweek game on short rest. Yeah, we just don't like each other. Philadelphia Union is going to be a big game. FC Cincy is going to be a big game. New England Revolution have been playing well. And then, and then finally, June 10th, we have Real Salt Lake. So finally, but it's away. So like, it's like, it's not even at home. So like, it's yeah. just, we have a rough schedule. Like, it's really tough. I, I've got a, I've got a few more ideas, but like I'm gonna save them for my prediction. All right, uh, so I think now is as good time as ever. Let's go around the horn here and let's give our individual predictions for what we think our starting eleven is going to look like this Saturday at City Field against Nashville. Sanchez, you want to hmm. start us off? Sure. I think uh, Barasas continues his in goal. He hasn't done enough to lose that job. I think yet, yet because there's. They're shown signs of weaknesses here and there. In the back line, I think I'm gonna go with Elinich over Tavon. I think I'm I think he's really starting to get comfortable with the with the team. This last game he was really good game. He had a shot from thirty yards out or whatever it was. Uh his speed is incredible. I think he I think he he starts obviously uh Cheneau and Martins in the middle and Kufler on the left. Sands, um there's no injury report on Sands here, right? Not yet. All right, because I did see somewhere it said, barring injury, uh, he was going to the national team. So I, I guess un- unless he, unless he might be hurt, who knows? Well, so from, I think- from what I've heard with that with the national team call ups, that those players are not going to miss any games. For no, they're not missing any games. Yeah, but just because he might be injured, that's the only thing that mm-hmm. I, that I'm thinking about. All right, so Sands, and I'm gonna go with the same line: the Pellegrini, Santi Rodriguez, Tyler on the left. Keen Parks in the middle, right behind them, and Seagull up top. I think is the same lineup. I think the subs. I th- I'm starting to question the timing of subs for for for, for cushion. Pe- Pellegrini is uh, serving a yellow card suspension in this game. Oh, that's right. Okay, so then, so who Ledesma or Pereira gets to start? Hmm. I'm gonna go with Pereira gets to start. Over Ledesma. Ledesma is the sub. First first man off the bench. So what are you saying about the timing of the subs? Which is a common common problem for the past four seasons. If, forever, it seems like. For every coach we've had has had it has, doesn't know when to sub. I think the sub situation is a little little sketchy because like there's moments that we need to make subs. Seventy he made the subs in the seventieth minute, whatever it was last time, and then we score almost immediately, like ten minutes later. We also got scored on, but like the the subs made an impact immediately, and we were like that. It was a deadlock game at that point. Like we need to make the subs a little earlier, I think. For sure. So. Is it, there's something weird about NYCFC where like whether it's Vieira, whether it's Ter- Dome, whether it's Ronnie, whether it's Cushing, they love to maintain. I, I remember Trey from Blue Balls talking about this. They love to maintain their flow state. They don't like interrupting the flow of the lineup too much, and unless they have to, unless they like, and they'll save it for the last absolute time. Like, 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 like if you were to create a sub window, like a, a frame of time, they'll save it until the very end of that allotted time to make the sub. If the, and that's only if they have to. I remember that, Vieira when we had three subs. He would. There was games where he only used fucking one. Yeah, was, I think, I think also. I thought. I think that also has to do with a small percentage that has to do with. 
the lack of trust on your bench. You know, like yeah. a guy on the a tired, uh, a tired Pellegrini is is he better than the full strength uh, whoever's on the bench? You know, and yeah. that's what they, that's what they're probably looking at. Like this guy might be, he might still be better than the guy we have. We have what are we gonna put in Andres Jason? Like it's hard. It's it's, it's a hard it's hard choices to make right there. So post post COVID, my frustrations lie with with our our manager both Ronnie and and Cushing not using all of the allotted substitutes. Like it's a gift that, that we have these five subs and that we can use so many players that are on the bench. Cause prior pre COVID there were so many players who were on the bench. who just weren't getting burned. Weren't getting time at all. Weren't mm-hmm. eligible to come in. You only had three subs. Um, and I'm, I, I mean, I know I'm going to catch some flack for this, but, but I'm watching Wrexham and they're, they're a non-league team. So they're still rocking three subs out there. So, but they also have a shorter bench. They don't, they don't carry 18. I think they carry like 16. Um, but so I mean, and then I go watch NYCFC and I'm just like, I'm like we have five subs. Like that, five subs can be make such an impact on a match if you have the depth to make that impact. And like you're saying, I don't think we, I don't think we have the depth in the current state. No, but in previous years we had more depth than anybody else in the league. Having mm-hmm. having, having someone like Talis Magno or previous like obviously Talis Magno, Tiago Andrade coming off the bench, Santi Tajuri Shradi coming off the bench, like. We had such talent coming off the bench, like they'd be starters anywhere else in the league, but they're they're depth guys, um, super subs, um, at NYFC, NYCFC. Um, so my frustration lies with us not using those subs, and, and kind of parlaying off what you were saying, I, I I firmly believe that these these managers do not trust these players to come in and get the job done. Then why the fuck did you sign them to a first team contract? What are they do? What what are they doing in training to get better to earn your trust so that you can have confidence to give them. 10 minutes to do something to possibly make a game go from being a 1-1 draw to a 2-1 win. Well, that's the thing where when you sign academy players, like Justin Hack, did he deserve a second contract? Probably not. But you got to give him a second contract because you got to show the world, you got to show all your academy kids, you got to show the families that the team is going to back you. That yeah. team's going to support you. So you got to sign these homegrowns. You got to show that there's an actual path, even though up to now, they only such a small number of homegrown players throughout our team's history have actually made some kind of impact on the field. Right. Sands you know, and Tavon. Really are the only two really that, that have gotten legitimate minutes. Uh, uh, Hack. He's had few few opportunities. Late last season was the the longest stretch of minutes he's had in his career. Uh, Andres Jason, the beginning of last season was the longest stretch of minutes he's had in his career. And and forget about the other guys because they don't. No one else exists to the team. So it's like we gotta sign those players. There's there's no there's no choice. We as as a business model, you have to sign these guys. And it just sucks because in a way, like I know they don't take up roster space in the uh, thirty man. Roster cap, I think I think homegrowns don't really count towards that. But we gotta figure something out. Like the signings have been a little underwhelming. And in the years past, signings have been like, who's that? Who's that? Who's that? We don't even got nobody that's ask who's who because we haven't done it. We haven't gotten many people. The thing that I wanna see, so I mean obvious one one of the big problems with the construction of our midfield and the construction of this roster is that we we don't have a sub to come on to do the job that Keaton Parks does. We don't have a second a, a second string eight. So Keaton has to play 90, 
Otherwise, we're playing with double sixes, and and if we're playing with double six, that that doesn't want to get forward. Now that like we're losing that connector to the ten and to the forwards. In so, theory, it's supposed to be Justin Hack. Yes. So I mean, but I I also I see Justin oh. Hack as more of a six. I don't really trust him as an eight. Um. So, but like, so when we have Jimmy Sands in there, obviously Alfredo Morales is a like for like sub for for. I mean, not I mean they're not the same ability level, but they are the same position. They're both a six. So then if if in my in my opinion, Justin Hack is like the third in line to that position, but then there's nobody who's second in line to the to the Keaton Parks position. I think it is Justin Hack because he was playing there with the NYC two team. Yeah, I, just, I, don't, I don't I don't rate his passing ability to, to he, be that, to exactly. Be that. I, don't, I don't I don't rate him to be that to be like if he's playing that position, we're like in trouble, you know. Yeah. So, but it's like we don't like. You, I'm agreeing with you. We don't have nobody else. But in theory, it's supposed to be this guy. Obviously, the team don't rate him. The, the coaching staff don't rate him to play there, else he would get more minutes there. I, and that's and the depth there is 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 thin. I think that's like our thinnest position we have. Kean Parks has gotten injured. The past two years, he's gotten injured for a long period of time. You know, with the with the blood clot stuff that he's had the past two years. Life threatening, not just career threatening. Yeah, yeah. correct. So it's like. Of that something similar or worse, maybe he just like breaks a, a toe or something like, and he's out for a few games. We're like in trouble at yeah. that position. If you want a domino that's gonna fall and fuck up our season, it's it's Keaton Parks not being it's able to, Parks not being able to put in ninety minutes. Yeah. yeah, because he has to play every minute of the game from here to the from here to the end of, end of the season. Until unless we get a, a signing a surprise signing here in the next. I mean, how many days how many days do we have left in this in this in this uh, transfer window, Christian? You probably know better than anybody. I think it's uh, the end of the month. End of the month. I, I think I think, it's, I think it's April twenty eighth. Yeah, I think it's the end yeah. of the month. But uh, but at the same time, it's like that sixteen days we haven't heard shit. You know, like fourteen days we haven't heard shit. Well, the, but how many days? No, fifteen days. The yeah. frustrating I'm, thing I'm, is like like we're out here clamoring for a nine, and I know Christian, you're gonna come in and say that Cushing hasn't had a chance to, to blah blah blah. But like you look at Atlanta, Atlanta, Atlanta lost Joseph Martinez, and then went out and and picked up this Greek guy, and he's a beast. So like, why, why couldn't I you fucking that, do that? What, what I mean, what what I always said was they were never going to give an interim coach uh, the 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 go ahead to go out and recruit a striker because if that interim coach, th- there was a good chance that Nick Cushing was going to lose his job. And like, like had that slide still continued at the end of the last season, he would have lost it. He wouldn't have gotten that job, no matter how bad it. I I I, I don't think so. Like, because that that. That decline in form, if you lose Campiones Cup, if you lose that Hudson River Derby at home, if you slide to like seventh, sixth in the East and fall out of the playoffs first round, there's no fucking way. I refuse to believe that there is a way. I, I understand this team likes consistency more than anything. I don't think there's any fucking way that you... Just like the homegrowns, you got to sign them to a second contract. A coach that's been with the CFG's program for 20 years and has won... For five trophies at Man City Women, that's that's someone that someone from up top, like the big front office, would be like, he got to stay there. I mean, maybe because because that just shows like everybody else down the pipe, the coaching pipeline. That think about all those other coaches that are coming through the academies or they're trying to make their way up. They're gonna they, what their first impression when the, when when the dam goes up there is like, oh, we're they're gonna get rid of us right away in the first sign of uh, a panic. Obviously, I don't agree. It probably would have been the wrong choice of, of everything you said happened and we kept them. I, I would have been going crazy as well. But it's something that, like, on once again, on the business and as a team, as a as an organization, the I think they would have going to give. I think he was going to get the job no matter what. 
I think as an organization, they already had fulfilled their obligations to him by giving him the interim spot to begin with. Because, listen, NYCFC has never had an interim coach ever before Cushing. Ever. We had never had. We fired Christ, immediately hired Vieira. Vieira left for Nice, immediately hired Dome. Full role. And let his squad in. Dome left. In the offseason came Ronnie Dyla. We have never had an interim coach ever in the history of our team. I think the interim spot was his way of proving his worth, that he was ready for the men's game at the MLS level. And I think if he failed miserably at that in that half a season, especially considering the success that the team had had just but he also he also lost the best the 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 best player in the league also he well i mean i know, like, try to say that with, but and, and but, which is why i've always like giving cushing his flowers because listen he deserves flowers for that turnaround he lost a golden boot winning striker in the middle of that season and had to play piecemeal up top and had to switch up a system that had been embedded since ronnie took over and he immediately got results we immediately won campiones cup we embarrassed the red bulls in that fucking derby that game wasn't even close we could have easily scored way more than two goals in that game that could have been a blue way but uh, it really could have. But we got to the Eastern Conference final, and for 65 minutes, we're the better team. And then the wheels fell off. We we were this close. We were on, we were this close to tasting a second consecutive MLS Cup. So I do believe that he earned his right to stay. I do wish that he would have made his business in the in the pre in in the winter window. But however, like incoming to America from Europe is always going to be tough in that in that window, and it's always going to be tough in the secondary window too, especially when teams are making their last pushes. You know that said. You know, like like that said, I like like I don't want to waste too much time. You know, like I'll, I'll get to my prediction. So I'm gonna say Barraza and Net Barraza is coming off arguably his best game in an NYCFC shirt. He made some really big stops in that Atlanta game, and I was down on Barraza before that game. I I was done with him. I wanted to see Freeze come in. I was like, listen, I understand that six games isn't a lot for for a goalkeeper, but sayonara. Like you're you're fucking gone. I'm done with you. Like I've not seen anything from you that tells me you're any better in any area. You know than Sean Johnson was, or even close to matching it. But um, Barraza, he, he had a very good game against Atlanta. I'm gonna let him stay in. Like like without him, that game gets ugly really quick. And you know m maybe we're not talking about a point right now. Uh, at right back, independent of whether or not, but here, Illinish is gonna start, I think, I, I, because Tavon at best is coming off of injury and is going to need some some minutes like off the bench to get uh, to get fit and get sharp. Uh, Ilinich is coming off of a very, very good game uh, or, like, like against Atlanta, which is a tough team. Uh, he's going to get the start. Cheneau and, and Martins, obviously, there's no discussion really to be had. Uh, as long as they're healthy, they're going in. Kufre is, is an obvious choice. I disagree that Kufre is an obvious choice, but I'm going to say Kufre because so far he hasn't shown to me either that he's an obvious upgrade over anyone that we've had before. I mean, I'm willing to give him time, though. You know, it's new season, just came to the club. You know, not a lot, not as many Argentinians as there used to be on this squad, so not as easy to to mesh into this team. So I'm gonna give him some time. Uh, I'm gonna get a little so so from here on out, we're gonna get a little funky. I'm gonna say Alfredo Morales gets to start at the six this week, and Keaton Parks at the eight because James Sands just got called into the United States national team. He left the field hobbled last week. So as a precaution, I'm going to say that, like, 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 assuming that he's even available, because we don't have an injury report out on him yet. We don't know if he's going to be available. Assuming he is available, even if he is, I think he comes in off the bench. I don't think NYCFC is going to risk throwing him out there for 90 minutes when he's got his first shot with the United States national team in a long while coming up. I think they're going to save him. I think they're going to do right by him, let him like, ensure, like, even if that means he gets no minutes this week, 
ensure that he gets on that plane uh, to wherever and plays against Mexico, you know, like, like with, with the United States. I think that's going to be it. The attack is a bit weird. Now, despite what I just said about Seagull, Seagull, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I'm going to keep on calling him Seagull because, you know, Steven Seagull, his old movies well, are kind of cool. Based on what so, I heard at Yankee Stadium, it is indeed Seagull. I just don't like it. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, yeah, so Seagull. You know, yeah, we got another bird on the pitch. Okay, so um, this is an interesting one. So Pellegrini, even if he was available, I never want to see him in my – he's never going to be in my 11, ever again. I'm done with Pellegrini. Like, I'm – he's – I hate to, like, sound like like just like an asshole, but he's he's boots. Like, I'm sorry. Like, like he's cheeks. Like, I'm tired of seeing him. Like, uh, so Pereira's going to go to the right wing. Easy. Talis is going to go to the left wing. Easy. The 10 and the 9 is, like, where I get kind of confused because I'm wondering, is Ledesma ready for a start? And if Ledesma's ready for a start, do you throw him at the 10 and maybe throw Santi at the 9? We have seen, and I know it sounds weird, but we have seen Santi at the 9 plenty this season after subs. And the team hasn't looked too bad when he's up there. We're not scoring goals, but we're not scoring goals with him at the 10 either, really. So, I mean, that's really kind of a non-point. Uh, do you play like a false 9? Yeah. Like, double, like two 10s, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, do you throw, do, do you keep Ledesma on the bench? Do you keep Santi? What the, the problem with that is... Who the hell's our subs? Well, okay, so 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 I was so I was, so I was getting yeah. to that. So so like so you also have the the traditional like what we've been doing for the past two weeks, like uh, Santi at the ten, uh, Siegel at, at at the nine. You could do that. Uh, that's fine, especially like like I said, Siegel's still adjusting to, to you know to to basically professional football. You know, fourth division for a reserve team against mostly other reserve teams is hardly professional football. So I mean, does he deserve another run out? Maybe he deserves another shot. Uh, um, you you can alternatively go with. Uh, if, so here's the thing with the subs. I I love Gabby Pereira and I want to see him start. I think he is the best option. However, you don't have a lot of guys in that team that can give you a spark off the bench late in the game. So an alternative thing is you you bring Ledesma in there at the ten. You start Santi out right, which is where he played mostly under Dyla, and where he I think is might be his best position, an out and out winger on the right, because uh, like like kind of like how you were playing Pellegrini on the left in the first few weeks of the season, but in reverse and have mm-hmm. Santi as an out and out winger on the right keeps uh, keeps Siegel at the nine and bring in Pereira late in the game to run at tired legs and do what he did against Atlanta and make something happen. However. I want to see Pereira start. That's the problem. That's that, that, like, and, but off the bench, it's like, who do you, who, who do you got? I mean, uh, obviously, if Ledesma's not starting, you got Ledesma. Ledesma's going to see the pitch. I, I guess you run out Jason. Uh, I guess you run out Tavon if he's available. Uh, O'Toole. O'Toole maybe gets a shout. Uh, outside of that, there's not. I, I'm not looking at that bench. Looking at a if lot of dudes. If we're, if we're chasing a goal, we have. We're in trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm Vince McMahon in the ring, circa 20, 20, 2002, I'm not looking at a lot of guys and saying they got ruthless aggression. You know, like like they just don't. They they don't got that dog in them right now. But I don't know. It's it's odd. Because it, that's the problem. Like if you start Pereira, who do you have to come off the bench to break open the game late? You already sent Tiago out for some fucking reason. Uh, I, I don't know. Am I crazy right now for like having a harder time than you would think? I would because you would think, oh, Pellegrini is on a yellow card suspension. It's easy. You move 
Pereira out to the right, where he shouldn't be starting to begin with. But then again, you know, like, even if that was, even if Pellegrini is not on his, like, yellow card suspension, and you start and you start Pereira, it's not like Pellegrini's going to bring in anything off the bench. He's not, like, really, like, a bench-ready player. He's not, like, like because, like, there was a reason why Ishmael Tajuri Shradi was relegated to bench duty for that entire time. We always, always wanted to see him start, but when he looked at that squad, there weren't a lot of game-breakers that could come off the bench and change the game late like he could. You know, like, like, like we, we, you know, like, Medina was a solid player. I mean, he wasn't ever DP quality. He was solid, but he's not a guy that you're going to bring off the bench. Maxi's a 90-minute player. He's not, like, really a guy that's going to break open a game because he's not it's not like he's pacey. It's not like he's strong. You know, like, like he's just a guy that's going to dictate play for you. Um, it, at Right now, this year, we really have none of that. At least not none that we know about. Am I crazy? Like, like guys, like, like no, I agree with you. Like that, yeah. the our bench is is looking bleak. We, I think we've covered that a lot a few times throughout the this episode yeah. where our bench is clearly the depth is one of our issues. Yeah. All right. So, but uh, if, if I had if I had to choose, let me put one in, in stone. Let me put one in stone. I'm gonna say Seagull at, at at the nine, Santi at the ten, Talos at the left, Pereira at the right. That's what I'm gonna say. That's gonna be that's gonna be the one I'm guessing at. It's open for reinterpretation, obviously, but that's what I'm going to go with. So my 11, um, I got Barraza at um, at the one, at the goalkeeper. Now, I mean, uh, I, I know Sanchez made reference to conspiracy theories. I thought for sure Freeze was getting the start last week because I was I was in my full-on conspiracy mode because NYCFC socials were plugging Freeze hard, um, p- posting pictures of him and stuff. So I thought for sure he was getting his first run out at Yankee Stadium last week. That I turned, thought the same. That turned out to be wrong. Um, so I don't. I predicted and, 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 but then he, it. but then he did start. Um, he started for NYCFC too, so he is at least getting minutes. I mean, whether they're they're low low level minutes, but at least he's playing. Because um, yeah, there, there's no way to get uh, get better or get, also a very, it's a very expensive NYCFC two player six hundred thousand six hundred six hundred k expensive goalkeeper for NYCFC two. Um, but yeah. I mean, but I don't know when he's going to get his time. Um, I, I think he, he he has to get time at some point this year. I just don't know when it's going to happen. It might be after Braza hits a rough patch. I don't know. Um, I got Elenic on the right. Um, I think that he, I was really impressed with with Elenic's game uh, last week. He, uh, I mean, it looked like I was watching a young Anton Tinnerholm run around. Like he was he was making nice, yeah. nice runs with the ball. He looked confident with the ball at his feet. Um, he made a lot of. Pen- I mean, he, he maybe did a little bit too much, but I think he was trying to like show, like, hey, like I'm, I, I, I got the juice. I can, I can do this. I can play this position. Um, he's a kid. He's bold. He, he knows he needs to seize his opportunity and show that he's got this. Yeah. So I mean, I, I liked what he provided. Um, t- uh, t- uh, Tiago Martins at, at right center back, Chanel at left center back, Kufre at left back. Um, until until something changes. Um, I mean, I, I think that Kufre. Uh, had a, a better match last match than his other matches, but I, I do think that he is still getting used to MLS. Um, I think that La Liga and MLS are two different, very, very two very different leagues, and I think that he's still kind of finding his footing in this league. Do I think he's the best defender? No, um, but the people behind him aren't phenomenal defenders either. So um, I think he's just I, I think he he has the the quote unquote pedigree of coming from La Liga, so I think he has an automatic leg up on Malti and uh, and O'Toole. Um, I, I also, I think that NYCFC is going to err on the side of caution. I think that Morales is going to get the start at the six. Um, and I think James Sands is, is either gonna, is either going to get the night off or uh, maybe he comes on to uh, shore up a, a lead um, at the end of the game. Um, Parks at the eight. 
Santi at the 10. Uh, GP out on the right. Talos Magda on the left. And Siegel at striker. Um, I think that... Um, I think that Richie Ledesma is going to be our super sub for the time being. Um, I don't, I don't really see him starting many matches um, just because like you guys said, if, if our depth is an issue and Santi gets into his little um, angry little elf phase where he d decides he's going to get a little yellow card. Um, we need to, we need to, we need to be able to pull him off the field to save him from getting a red card suspension and put on someone who's a like for like sub. And the only one on the, on our roster that's a like for like sub for Santi is Ledesma at this moment. Um, so I think Ledesma is going to be kind of relegated to that 65 minute substitution, uh, to come on, to provide some depth at the 10 or even at a winger position. Um, because I mean, we're not going to trot Jason out there, um, to play in those positions. Um, and then, uh, and then also if, I mean, and then if, if he's not in yellow card trouble, then you can do what we, what you want to do. We could, we can make, um, we can make Ledesma into the 10 and push Santi up to the nine. Um, and then play with uh, Gab, uh, Gabby Pereira. So, I mean, it, it, it gives us more tactical flexibility if if uh, if Richie Ledesma comes off the bench rather than if he starts the match. Because um, Gabi has... I don't think Gabi's ever played a central position um, like out and out, like 10. Like, he's always... At, he's a winger. So, like, he's not a guy who's going to come in oh, yeah. and, move, and move into the middle. He's not going to do that. So, um, so yeah, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm not confident in, in our attack. I mean, Talos... Hasn't been doing much other than, uh, I mean, the, the corner kick goal. And then the other one was just a good service, a typical nine goal with a, a little a little tap in. Um, he hasn't been creating. He's been dribbling a little bit too much, taking too many touches. Um, Gabi played himself out of the 11 <laughs> a couple matches ago. Like, that's that hurts me to say because, I mean, coming into the season, if you listen to the pod, we were all saying that, all the pundits and every, all the talking heads and everyone that was around MLS media were talking about the wrong player when it came to NYCFC. They were all talking about Talos Magno. And, 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 but then when he talked to any NYCFC fan, it was like, we should be talking about Gabriel Pereira because he's he's probably the one who has the higher ceiling out of these players because he has, he has the juice, he has the ability. But the problem that I'm noticing with our attack is that we've become incredibly predictable. We have an inverted player on the left and we have an inverted player on the right. The guy on the right is left-footed. He wants to cut into the middle and shoot. The guy on the left side is right-footed. He wants to cut in the middle and shoot. No one's driving to the to the, to the to the touchline and crossing in a ball with their right foot or their left foot just because they can't. They, they don't. It's not in their wheelhouse to 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 make that play. So no one's going to drive to the baseline and then and then and then and then play a back pass to the top of the top of the six, top of the eighteen for someone to drill a ball in. So these defenders know that. These defenders know, hey, I'm playing left back. I'm playing against Gabby Pereira. He's going to cut in every single fucking time. I'm playing right back. I'm I'm going up against Talos Magno. He's going to cut in every single fucking time. He's never going to go baseline. He's never going that way because he has no left foot and Gabby has less of a right foot. So I mean, until we kind of find a way to be more dynamic and less predictable we're going to struggle to get goals um from the run of play um we, we might rely on on goals to come from set pieces a moment of brilliance from gabi on a free kick a, a moment of brilliance from santiago rodriguez on a free kick a moment of a moment of brilliance from from uh, talis uh from tiago martins talis magno um or chano on a corner kick to come in and, and head a ball in i mean i i just i know that we scored from the run of play against dc but dc is also a fucking dumpster fire. Bad team. they're dumpster fire yeah. their defense is shit um 
playing yeah. against a team who's only conceded two goals this this season. Like they're they're coming into this game licking their chops because they're like we played against these guys. We know what they're capable of. Oh, okay, they, they have a different guy up top. He's some random generic white dude we never heard of. He's not dangerous. We've seen we have game tape two games on him. He's done nothing. Um, so I, I think that they're coming in here licking their chops. I like that they're not they're not scared. But they're not scared. They're not, I, don't, I don't think Nashville is scared at all coming into coming into this game. Um, I think that uh, I mean now that we have the predictions out there, I think that we can go around and uh, and, and give our predictions on, on on how we think this match is going to what the what the result is going to be. Uh, Mr. Sanchez, you want to lead us off? Yeah, I think. I think the the struggle continues, but I think we score, and it's going to be a two-two tie. Okay. Do you have goal goal scorers for us? I'm going to go with the the hot foot in a way. I'm going to say Gabby Pereira and maybe Santi Rodriguez. Cristiano. Yeah. I you know what? This is going to sound very optimistic, but. I'm looking at the numbers. We're not very good off- offensively. You know who also isn't good offensively? Nashville SC. They've scored less goals than we have in the same amount of games. Six to our seven. I don't think they're going. I don't. They're not an offensively potent team. They're not dangerous offensively. Um, one of those goals, I know at least one of those goals is from a center back who I don't even really like that much. Walker Zimmerman. I don't even think he's that good personally. But um, so at that most level, I guess I'm going to say two 0 win. I think this is going to be a chaotic game for them. I don't think they're. I don't think they've got the offensive firepower. Obviously, like we don't have a lot, but I think familiarity and are willing to thrive and exist in chaos as a franchise and as a club is going to play into our favor at that game. I'm going to say we get one goal from Gabby Pereira, and I'm going to say we're going to get another goal off a set piece. I'm going to think it's going to be Thiago Martin scoring his first ever NYCFC goal, or, or at least regular season goal. I don't know if he scored anywhere else. He scored preseason. Um... Yeah, but yeah, that doesn't count. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, so I am going with a 1-1 draw. Uh, mm. I have our goal being Gabi Pereira, and I have their goal being Hani Mukhtar. Um, and I think it'll come from the run of play, not from not from a set piece. So we all have points. We all have us coming away with points. Yes. This game, mm-hmm. At the bare minimum. Okay. And I, I, I think we're going to walk away with points. I just think we're going to walk away with all three. I personally it, think that... The, for what it's worth, yeah. I think we score first. Okay. Mm. But I think that we, sounds interesting. I think we concede um, late. So, um, so I mean, I, I wrote down three keys to the match because one, one of them resonated with me with, uh, with um, when I heard uh, Sanchez speak earlier. My first key to the match is scoring first. All right. We, we are not a team that, that historically plays well from behind. Um, if we score first and get on the front foot, I think that we have the the edge in terms of coming away with some semblance of points whether it's one or three um i think that if, if we score first we're, we're going to be in a, be in a better situation um although I've, obviously we conceded first to atlanta and then it took that it took that that that's that's the, that was that's what sparked the fire to uh to go ahead and get that goal back um, with the moment of brilliance by gabby uh, my second key is to contain Mukhtar. um don't let him dictate the play don't let the, him dictate the game don't let him cook don't let him get hot um Try to not try not to have him. If he's on the ball, try to swarm him and smother him, and not let him uh, not let him impart his uh, his skill on this game. Um, and then the uh, the third key is to finish the game with eleven men, because <laughs> mm. like you guys said, uh, crazy shit happens at City Field. We've had two matches there where we've been shown red. Uh, finish the game with eleven men, and we'll, 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 I th- I'm confident that we'll be able to come out with at least a point, if not three. 
Um, yeah, I agree with that. Hard to argue with any of those. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Hani Mukhtar the, is the like great. Yeah. yeah, the scoring first part and Hani Mukhtar is they're 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 big. Those two things, like, I think that's the formula for any team of playing against Nashville. Yeah, especially with him being the reigning MLS MVP. I mean, that's, that's usually yeah. usually smart. Like, hey, the guy who's really good, make sure he doesn't do stuff. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let, let's get our uh, let's get our final final thoughts. Um, Sanchez, what's your, what are your final thoughts on heading into Saturday? Oh, I was just looking at the weather. It looks like it's going to be raining in this in the low 60s high 50s ah uh, that just sucks for everybody for like the pregame tailgates the 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 game itself and it, if it's gonna if, it, if it's gonna be one of those boring games where we don't score the atmosphere might the crowd might not be a hundred percent in uh involved um I'm just hoping to have fun you know first game of city field city field like we said has always been a little special and I'm just looking for a good time I'm actually glad to be close to home you know i'm from queens and it's right there for me i grew up i grew up walking distance to shea stadium city field and uh, yeah i'm just excited looking forward to city field see how this goes christian um you know like obviously you know it rains not ideal but you know our just you know Keep just keep bringing that chaos. I, I like it. Pile it on. Like the rain will make it even more chaotic. Like, I, I I like chaos. It, 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 from chaos comes order, and I think in and I think uh, in this game we're gonna get some order. I think honestly, NYCFC might surprise a lot of people this weekend. Mm-hmm. I, I I legitimately believe it. From my mouth to God's ears, I know. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, definitely. My final thoughts. I ho- I hope that there is a, a good showing um, from the, from the supporters from the fans. Um, I hope that the atmosphere is awesome. Um, I hope that we show a little bit of our quality. Um, we have the players to do so. It's just about getting everyone on the same page and, and getting everyone to put their best foot forward and put in a good shift. Um, our, our players who are on higher roster designations need to start showing why they're on higher roster designations, why they're getting that, that fat paycheck, why they have a DP next to their roster um, spot. Um, and... Uh, yeah, just I mean, it's a home game. Anytime there's a home game for NYCFC, it's a good time. Uh, and I just want I want us to get, walk away with points, uh, particularly three. Um, but I'll take one um, at this point against against this this kind of uh, opponent. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm excited to uh, to have the first game at City and to go to City Fest outside Fan Fest, whatever it's called. Um, see some familiar faces. I'm sure I'll see uh, Sanchez there. Um, yeah, I'll, be, I'll definitely be there early. I don't, know, I don't know if Sanchez saw I posted earlier. I, I know he saw it, but I, I posted a picture of me putting up another uh, NYCFC Forever Pod sticker out here in, in enemy territory. Oh, and yes, I saw that. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Sanchez, we didn't really talk about it, but uh, how about you plug uh, plug your plug your pod in case anybody... Oh, yeah. Uh, NYCFC Forever Podcast. We're on uh, YouTube. We do the video thing. We um, You catch us on Spotify, Apple Music, Apple Apple Podcasts, whatever it is called. All the streaming networks. Uh, yeah, we just we, we we try to give like a perspective as a more of a fan atmosphere type uh, uh, point of view. You know, look into the glass of as of you're a fan into the supporter section, into the uh, the marches, into the supporters culture more more so than than the game stuff because you know not everybody. Uh, we're we're I don't I don't know but none of us came to be soccer savants and know. 
we're not the chosen ones. So we don't really we try to stay away from a little bit statistic wise because we realize we don't really know what we're talking about half the time. <laughs> Neither do we, to be honest. Uh, no, but I, I love NYCFC Forever. One of my favorite, probably my favorite. Not, but like I, I love Blue City Radio. But like um, uh, NYCFC Forever is my favorite. It kind of like it's just like kind of like an NYC water cooler. Like it just it feels like it feels like it, 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 you know. I know you guys used to film in the barbershop. It feels like the barbershop. You know, like when you yeah, yeah. everybody just speaks freely and uh, uh, you know Irving. Uh, you know, Bedoya, you know, I, I love Bedoya a lot, you know, him and I go way back some years and, you know, like, like he was like one of my first, like, like my first acquaintances. I mean, he's my friend now, but he's like one of my first acquaintances, like in NYCFC, you know, uh, in land, I guess. And yeah, no. And, you know, obviously Sanchez, Dave, you know, like just all, all those guys, you know, like just awesome dudes and awesome podcast. Check it out for sure. You, you, Thank you. Yeah. And if you're not, if you haven't checked it out, you're missing out. Go check it out. They just dropped an episode uh, this morning. Uh, so go, go check that out on wherever you consume your podcast content. Um, and if, uh, and th- this is a, just a general announcement. If, if, if you guys see any of us or anybody from any of the podcasts out and about at the games, go up and, and, and just dap us up and start, start, start a conversation. I mean, we, we love to interact with meet and meet new people um, from, uh, from the fandom. Um, I know in particular, uh, um, last match at, the, at uh, Yankee Stadium, I was walking around and there was people that I'd never met or seen before. I just came up and started, started a conversation, started talking to me. And, that, and that's, that's really what it's all about. It's, I mean, a lot, like when you're at Yankee Stadium, you feel in your element. And when you're surrounded by all these fans, you're, you're with your people. Like everyone is our people. Um, so yeah, I mean, just feel free to come up and, and start talking and, and shooting the shit. Yeah, so, uh, just if, if I, like, I'm, I'm going to have a smoke bomb in my hand. So just, just keep that in mind. You know, you just like, I, like, I understand like that it ruins clothes. I've, I've ruined a few t- white t-shirts myself with the smoke bombs and everything like that. I, so I don't take it. Don't send me your laundry bill. I, I totally want to talk, but yeah, just please no white t-shirts around me, please. Sanchez, where do you tweet out of? Um, at John Sanchez at a Twitter, Instagram, everything is at John Sanchez. All right. And with that, we can close the books on this preview for Nashville. SC this weekend at City Field, uh, seven thirty kickoff. Yeah. What time does Fan Fest start? Um, five, I think. I think five. Yeah. Okay. Well, should be a good time. Hopefully, hopefully it's not raining sideways. Hopefully, it's just a little drizzle. Maybe, maybe. The, yeah. Hopefully, just a little drizzle. You know. The rain misses us. Hopefully, it's not not too mm-hmm. bad. But uh, but get those ponchos ready if not, right? Yep. <laughs> All right. New York is blue.